0: Attention, broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now.
1: two minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of five and this is the month of June in the year of our Lord 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101, KUFO, in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, thank you for uh, joining us, my friends. Mi compadres, my amigos on the road of whimsy. Uh, it is the uh, Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us. It is Tuesday. It's 503-228-4101 if you would like to uh, engage with us in a telephonic sense today. It's 503-228-4101. You can also text if you like. It's 520 uh, 51 Or you can email if you like. It's rick at RickEmerson.com. Rick at RickEmerson.com. Sarah with an H at uh, KUFO.com. Tim at KUFO.com. Or Nibbler, that is N I B L E R, at KUFO.com. All right, so I'm just going to go around the room here. Did everybody bring their out of context David Carradine audio for today? Sarah?
2: I'm still looking for oh, mine. <laughs> oh, no, I forgot. Oh,
3: uh, choke. All right, well done.
2: I'm still looking. I'm I-, sorry. I will find it.
3: I've just had too much on my mind lately. All right, Tim. That's right. Are you are you still
1: recovering from the breakup of John and Kate? Oh, yes. I'm very concerned. Here's the thing. I'm referencing that right now, and I don't really know what I'm talking about. I made a note to myself last night. I was at Safeway, and so I'm standing there in line. Do you ever do this? Do you ever stand in line at Safeway and you're doing what everybody does? This is not my attempt to be relatable. This is just an observation. That you're doing that thing that everybody does where you're scanning the tabloids, and you're trying to absorb as much information as you can from, like, the front of the Inquirer or In Touch or whatever... Because there's several steps. There's the looking at the headlines on the cover of the Inquirer. And then if something is compelling enough, there's picking the Inquirer up off the shelf and trying to scan through and trying to find the article so you can, like, power read it before it's your turn to have all your groceries rung up. Because you probably don't want to buy it. I mean, I will. But even then, you know, look, and I'm unashamed of my love for the Inquirer, but it's like $6 a copy at this point. So I just... it's not like I'm going to buy it unless I unless there's something in there I really feel like I want to take home and just uh, and just savor. So the first step is just scanning the front page of the Inquirer. The second page is picking it up and trying to find the article, which is difficult because they do that thing of not putting any page numbers anywhere, because they want you to be. Because I think they must know that about eighty percent of the sampling that the, the Inquirer that takes place is right there where you're waiting for the woman to ring up your like your Tic Tacs and your D cell batteries or something, which is the other stuff that they sell right there. So they, they want to make it, like, as difficult as possible for you to get the article read by the time they start bagging up your groceries. So they won't put any page numbers anywhere. So the, the median step is picking up the tabloid and trying to flip through, trying to find the article, and then sucking it all in uh, before it's your turn to have your groceries done. The third step is actually is buying it, and that's the one you sort of resist the most. But as you're scanning the tablets, do you ever realize that there's this entire class of celebrities and television shows that everybody seems to know about but you? Yes. And I made this is my note to myself last night. Who were John and Kate and why does everybody care about them? I don't know. They're big this week though. See, but that but do you get the, the, the sense that they've they've gone from not being known by anybody to being known by everybody mm-hmm. except presumably by us? Yes. Sarah, John and Kate, anything?
2: Until the aren't they the 8 is Enough for whatever they are. See,
1: I think so, but that's only based on, on reading the sampling of head. The, one
2: of the guys is like a, um, allegedly is like some kind of drunkie who's out like cheating on her all the time.
1: That sounds close enough, I guess. But I mean, is that what he's known for? I think so. John the Drunkie? John the drunk. What is their deal, though? What is the, what is, are they? I
2: they have eight kids.
1: Is it a reality show? Well, it must yes. be. Okay. Yeah.
2: Do so they, they have are, eight kids and, um, yeah, they have some kind of show. I don't, I've never seen it. Are that
1: these one. eight kids of their own? Are these eight adopted kids? They're their own. All I know is that it says "Octomom versus John Kate" on the front, which sounds like some sort of Sandy Frank production. But all right, well, in any event, well, so yeah, because I
2: guess they all have eight kids.
1: They're this well, no, week, she
2: has like thirteen.
3: They're this week's Octomom, in other
1: words. All, all right. right, well, so I've got audio from this. I was looking, uh, I was looking on the web last night, and there's, there's some sort of quote from the Octo. This is like a one-two punch. So I was in line at Safeway, and there was some big front-page uh, article about about the, the John and Kate the couple, whoever they are. And then it was like it was fortuitous. It was as though it was meant to be. Then I went online and there was some quote uh, about the Octomom talking about them. So, in any event, so we'll get to that. Uh, we'll get to that in just a bit, and we'll see if uh, if it makes sense to anybody. Uh, it is five zero three two two eight four one zero one. Thank you for uh, uh, joining us today. I had some point uh, in bringing that up, but it eludes me now. Wait, wait, David Carradine. So I'm going to tell you right now uh, that of the four of us in the room, apparently only Greg and I actually brought our out-of-context David Carradine audio today. We were having this discussion after the show about... Here's a a bit that we never did. This is sort of an aborted bit. It was something we sort of discussed at one point, and we just never rolled it out for reasons that kind of elude me. We were going to do this bit called uh, Retrospectively Awkward News. And it was going to be where we read... Happy or at least neutral news stories from a given time that were now sort of terrible when you looked back. Like we would come on and then we'd do really cheery music. We'd read um, O.J. and Nicole's wedding announcement. Because, you know, <laughs> O.J. And we never really did that. But we started talking about things that that don't seem bad until you put them in a, a sort of different kind of wrapping. And we were talking about David Carradine's sound bites. And so we were going to do this thing where each of us was going to bring in a David Carradine soundbite this morning. And I've
2: morning. been trying to find one. You found a good one.
1: I found. I have. I'm not saying. That, 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 I'm not saying that the best, but I'm saying that I found. I'm saying I found a pretty good chunk of David Carradine audio that perhaps sounds like one thing, you know, when you're alive, and then now that he's less alive, it sounds like something else, which is sort of the best kind of soundbite. Nibbler, by the way, found six different sound bites. So there you go. Overachieving as always. Uh,
3: it is. As, as for me, I forget everything that happens in those pre-show meetings. It's kind of like I'm there, but I'm not. You're sort of just floating? Yes. You're floating in a uh,
1: in some sort of a hermetically sealed bubble apart from the rest of us?
3: Well, that's proper. It's
1: 503 five zero three two two eight four one zero one. 4101 Coming up uh, later on today, we will talk to Dax Holt from TMZ.com, Don Taylor from Cinematical, and we'll have our interview with uh, Tony from Godsmack. At the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Ryan. <laughs>
3: In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 5 09. It's going to be partly 70 today. Highs in the 70s. Detectives think Karina Roberts may have been in contact with numerous, that's numerous, pregnant women in the Portland metro area, either online or in person. Roberts is charged with one count of murder in the death of Heather Snively, who was found dead in a crawl space in Roberts' Beaverton home after answering a Craigslist ad. Washington County Sheriff's Office is asking any of you who may have been in contact with this woman to call them. Five former and current Oregon National Guard members have filed a lawsuit against KBR. That's that big uh, defense contractor Dick Cheney's old pals in Iraq who've been constantly in hot water over of security about those bases over there. Well, these Oregon uh, soldiers allege KBR knew a water treatment plant was contaminated and exposed him to hazardous chemicals. What, KBR would do such a thing? KBR has been called on the carpet for causing the electrocution of soldiers taking showers near bare wires and burning hazardous waste near sleeping soldiers. The first Oregon swine flu death has been recorded. The victim is a Marion County lady who was in the hospital for several days. She had other health issues. There were 168 cases of swine flu in the Beavers' State, but nobody seems to care anymore. We're talking about uh, Bob and Alice and their eight kids.
1: Can I? I tell you that I had to call my insurance company yesterday cuz I got I mean not to, not to get off into a thing here but you you to have had some issues with if I can ask this I don't mean to uh, to pry is it one of your feet or both of your feet oh just one of my feet It's just one of your feet there's you've had you have some sort of um you having some sort of minor adjustment done to one of your uh, to one of your feet
3: yeah, it's a uh, it's a wart that won't go away. They're holding you down and pouring I'm acid. I'm sure people want to hear that while they're eating breakfast.
1: Well, Tim, it is. Everybody's got feet. I mean, yeah. most people have feet. Uh, and so, um, anyway, so I have to say that you are really, uh, you've been an inspiration to me because I've decided to have this. I have this kind of ongoing uh, thing with one of my feet that I've just sort of never done anything with because it didn't really impede my quality of life, as they say. Mm-hmm. Just a, it's a minor little glitch uh with uh with one of my skates as they say so i called the insurance company yesterday and i'm doing that thing of sitting on hold you know waiting for my call to be taken in the order it was received and they've got the recording that just plays where the what and have you noticed this that when you call any place that has an automated phone tree the whole purpose of the recording seems to be to drive you to hang up they do that through a couple things. One is just repetition of the same message about every 25 seconds. The other one is just the selection of the worst possible hold music because it always ends up being unchained melody played on the oboe over and over and over again. And then the third one is when they just throw the website at you like a thousand times a minute. Trying to get you to hang up and do whatever it is you're supposed to do online, which never works, by the way. Because if you go to the uh, the website for whatever it is, I don't care what the service is, when the company shunts you over to the website, you will never have your question answered there. The only hope you have is to get somebody on the phone and just try to beat the answer out of them. So I'm on the hold with the insurance company, and they're, uh, they're just playing the recorded greeting repeatedly. And they keep going back to the swine flu thing. And I wondered why that was because I thought we'd all moved
3: beyond that. But apparently, not no, it's so still much. there. We just get tired of it when it really hits. Yeah. That's the way it goes. Right. Well, it's lots of laughs for 14 year old Austin Melton, the Lapine lightning strike victim who's enjoying 15 minutes of fame. He's been on all the talk shows this week. It wasn't so funny the day he was struck, though, when his long hair made it difficult for 911 callers to determine whether he was a girl or a boy. <laughs>
4: What's your emergency? Oh, oh. At he hey, Ma'am, ma'am got to calm down. I can't hear
0: where you stand. No, <laughs> oh, this girl just got hit by the high school. What high school. What uh, high, high school? Oh, my God. Okay, i, I hold the person. Humanity. He's be he Okay, no, okay. Right? and you're sure he got hit? Sure. Oh,
1: my God. They are.
0: <laughs> Okay, how old is this person? Is it male or female? No, Female. Really? Female? Male. We don't know. Male? Please don't hit my lightning,
1: please. High school. I can't, I can't see. He's covered in fire. Okay, but I'm sure so, he has long hair and he looks like a girl. I'm so glad you just played that because as soon as you said... What is his name? His name is
3: Austin Melton. Okay, like
1: 30 seconds ago before you even played the 911 caller, before I knew what that call was going to be about, when you were talking about him... The first thing that came to mind, and I held my tongue just now, which I should know at this point never to do on the show. The first thing I was going to say is if you look at the picture of him in the Oregonian, looks like a girl. And I hate to say that, but it's just true. Austin or Austin? And I held back on making that observation. He looks like that middle Hanson brother, uh, you know, where you uh, where it's sort of I mean, and it's actually kind of off-putting where you kind of looks like a... uh, like, like one of those Breck models from, from back in the uh, late 70s. All right, well, I'm glad somebody else finally said that. I didn't want to be the first one to point out that he looks like a girl.
3: No, but it is true. Do uh, one more here, and then we'll get uh, caught up. Well, this is either a day to uh, make a whale of a deal on a new car or to be filled with sadness over the loss of a big part of some communities. This is the day that 789 Chrysler dealers across the nation will close their doors. In some cases, the dealership won't be gone entirely. Some also sell uh, Dodges, which is also out of business, or, or Jeeps, which nobody wants. But uh, Chrysler is not making cars. All all the plants are shut down. No business is being transacted. Now, I thought right that now. Fiat was going to buy Chrysler. No, not going to happen. They they uh, blocked that as of yesterday due to some uh, hot water over who was going to pick up uh Some of these pensions.
1: Well, so the
3: Supreme Court says no, not right now.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. So the only so we we're trying to sell Chrysler, and we can't actually we can't actually sell Chrysler to the people who want to buy it, and the only people who are allowed to buy things are the Chinese. Mm -hmm. Well, that's swell. All right, it's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101, KUFO. Straight ahead, we have more news from Tim Riley coming up later on. A fantastic Geek Watch, by the way, uh, as well as Don Taylor from Cinematical and Dax Holt from TMZ.com. This is the Foo Fighters. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Tuesday morning. This is Rock 101, KUFO, live from Portland, Oregon.
5: Casting in standard definition. If you don't have a place where you can hold these people, you only have other options to kill them. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Excellent.
1: Why, hello, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program, live from Portland, Oregon. It is Tuesday morning. Let's go around the room. How's everybody feeling today on the classic one to seven scale? Sarah Dillon, go. I'd say a six. That's a lie. See, here's the thing. That's a lie, but I appreciate your positive outlook.
2: <laughs> I know I'm going to be a six,
1: that's I appreciate your Tony Robbins-esque attempt at self-affirmation. Well done. Tim Riley, how are you today on the classic one to seven scale? Seven and a half, two eight. All right. Wait, what? Two-eight. Seven so, and a half, two-eight. Oh, eight. seven and a half, you are ranging from seven and a half I up saying two, two and eight. Okay. That's excellent. correct,
3: yes. I'm not trying to give you fractions. Though. All right.
1: Guess Thank them. you. Uh, Greg Nibbler, how are you feeling on the classic one to seven scale today? Six. Six. All right. He needs a microphone. Awesome. He does, he really a does. Well, you know, we had that, uh, the, the intercom thing we used to use. It was the, you know, that thing right there. But you is that it, taken away? Well, it, it wasn't taken away, but it just quit working at one king. point. It, it Because it, at some point, something got dropped on it. Um, it. Somebody dropped like a coffee cup or something on it. And it wasn't so much because, you know, it was just like a regular. It was like one of those uh, things you'd have on your desk. Like one of those things that like Fred McMurray would have on his desk in this in, in the apartment where he would say like, yeah, uh, Shirley McLean, can you come into my office? and, and the, it was the part in uh, like in Greg's room that actually worked but the part that was in the studio someone dropped something heavy on them, the speaker got detached from within so we have we have no way as such to speak to Greg, so we have this sort of weird uh, mute, like through the, the the picture window, through the menu uh, or uh, picture menu through the window thing going but on. He has it's a, just a pointed stuff.
2: So hypothetically, maybe sometime he'll be able to talk.
1: He has a microphone. I just don't think it's hooked to anything, though. I think it's just sort of a novelty microphone. I think it's just there, there for effect. It doesn't actually. Some
3: alligator yeah. clips through something and run them under the door. We've done it before. That's
1: right. All right. Oh, and you know what? I was able to isolate the other day. I found this audio, Tim, that you've been playing. There's really no reason for me to be playing it now, except to say that I'm updating uh, the audio rack I've got here, and I found uh, the.
6: I would um, obviously move from the area um, of the feces and um, make sure I tell the correct um, authorities about the situation.
3: Excellent. So I, had... I don't see why I haven't won some award yet. I... <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I made so
3: I made this long list of
1: pieces of audio that you've been playing that I felt like we needed to have just filed away for future reference, such as.
6: Excellent. There you go.
1: At the news desk, ladies and gentlemen, your personal savior and finder of glorious audio everywhere, Tim Riley.
3: In the news with Tim Riley. Well, now I have to live up to that, don't I? Yes, you do. No No. pressure. Let's see what I can find here. Anyway, good morning, everyone. It is 527. It's going to be partly sunny today. Highs in the 70s. Here's the greatest idea. If 39th Avenue can be renamed Cesar Chavez Avenue, why not... Renamed trendy Northwest Twenty Third Richard Nixon Avenue.
1: That's fantastic.
3: So there is a motion afoot to do this. It'll take only twenty five hundred signatures to set this notion in motion. So don't be surprised if you stop on the street and ask to sign this petition.
1: Now I'll is, sign both. I mean I'm for naming everything everywhere after Richard Nixon, probably for different reasons. I'm just going to guess here. Now uh, keep in mind this is uh, I don't have any knowledge. Tim and I did not discuss this uh, before the show. I have no hidden information about this story you just read, so this this move to rename twenty third for Richard Nixon is this something that is being pushed by wait a minute hold on i'm um, I'm getting something here wait it's becoming clearer is this something that is being pushed by a young Republican type organization, probably a group of Pudgy, paunchy, very, very pasty white guys who go to a college somewhere who are trying to make a point about rampant political correctness by trying to name something after Richard Nixon, thus illustrating what they believe to be an absurdity in naming something after Cesar Chavez.
3: It is an individual, not a group who would share those. But I mean, that's exactly what it is, right? It's some,
1: some, like stooge white guy Mm -hmm. who's just, well, you know, why can't we name things after Nixon then if we're going to be naming things after Cesar Chavez? I don't understand it. Yeah. That's just a whole lot of uh, liberal wishy-washiness. All right. See how, without access to any information except the headline, I was able to deduce who's behind it? It's because people are not that bright and utterly predictable.
3: Two former employees of the Wilsonville Women's Prison have been arrested for drug charges for allegedly training illegal contraband for sexual favors with the women in chains.
1: Wait, hold on. Who? I have to write all this down so I can think about it later. Who uh,
3: was... Who was on either side of this equation? Who was providing the drugs? Uh, plumber Richard Rick and maintenance specialist Troy Austin. Oh, wait a minute, Richard Rick? Yes, Richard Rick.
1: Wait, these in pri- his, <laughs> these name name is, his name is Rick Rick. Yes, basically. It's <laughs> awesome. As Casey McCall once said, in Cuba, Ricky Ricardo's name is Ricardo Ricardo. So, so these women are in jail or prison? It's
3: a women's prison, so they are women in jail. Where is the prison? In Wilsonville. All right. You are aware of this woman's prison.
1: And so the, the so the plumbers at the prison were providing
3: drugs to the inmates. Only one was a plumber. All right. The other was a maintenance specialist. What kind of maintenance, and, Tim? And these are allegations. Okay. Well, they're both working on plumbing of some sort. <laughs> uh, okay. All right.
1: I hear a low level buzz. I was just making the observation about the low level and you that, guys too. claim that it wasn't there. Uh, There is some sort of an open channel somewhere on the board. I can hear sort of a sound kind of happening. I was just stopping
3: to admire the sound. All right. So, uh, talking about sound bites, let's see what we have today. Hillary Clinton says it's a dream come true to be part of Obama's cabinet.
0: I never had any any dream, let alone inkling, that I would end up in uh, President Obama's uh, cabinet. But he was quite persistent and very persuasive and you know ultimately it came down to my feeling that number 1 when your president asks you to do something for your country you really need a good reason not to do it number 2 if i had won and i had asked him to please help me serve our country i would have hoped he would say yes and finally I looked around our world and I thought, you know, we are in just so many deep holes that everybody better grab a shovel and start digging out.
1: I wonder if you were to look in her basement, if there's like a sad box of invitations to a presidential uh, gala that she's got filed away. And maybe she's wondering at some point in the future, if she can scrape the like the 2009 off the top and put like a 2013 or something. Also. It's I I mean, I believe her instinctively when she says uh, that she hadn't really considered herself being a member of President Obama's uh, cabinet, but that's only because she never really pondered the existence of a President Obama to begin with. So I think she probably spends a long, long, long amount of time every morning staring into the mirror, having to force herself to mouth the words President Obama before she can leave the House and do it convincingly.
3: A Spokane man probably wishes he didn't tell a building supply store workers about a lost item, especially after the lost item was allegedly a bag of methamphetamine. Spokane police say Christopher Wilson faces drug charges after he allegedly dropped the baggie by the Ziggy store counter over the weekend. He then apparently returned to the store, gave managers his name and number, and asked them to call them if they found the item. Police credit both the manager of Ziggy's. And what they call the suspects thoughtfulness and professionalism <laughs> for making an easy arrest.
1: We appreciate your support. Thanks so much. Hey, there ought to be a garbage pail kid called Beth Amphetamine. I like it. Moving on here's Tim Riley.
3: In a rush to the prayer to the Lord, try Salem's Drive and Assembly of God Church. Pastor Bob Swope conducts services in the parking lot, and you needn't even roll out roll down your window or get out of the car, or simply turn to the FM frequency. 100.7, and watch him do a sermon every Sunday from the parking lot. At all of he Circle K robber get tired of the cops chasing him, making it easy on everyone by turning the gun on himself. Bradley Steller was found in his car, not far from the robbery scene, dead of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Well, as to this, this is something for redheaded stepchildren across the river. Vancouver is the world's easiest city to live in. Yes, Vancouver is the world's easiest city to live in. According to a new survey, they they hold six of the top ten slots in the Economist Intelligence Unit's livability report.
1: All right, I saw that headline in Drudge this morning, but I didn't click on it because I just automatically assumed they were talking about Canada. And maybe that I'm I'm oh, sorry, so I apologize.
3: I'm sorry. Is this that actually is Canada, Vancouver, BC? Well, I... did you know that all along, you bastard? <laughs> and you ruined the whole joke. I had two with three more paragraphs to go. <laughs> I'm going to have to bring it back later. You cruel, callous
1: bait All right. Well, I, I had... Uh, uh, I had considered just for one possibility. I thought about this all
3: night last night. This was going to be the funniest thing I did in the first hour. I'm sorry,
1: but. I've done it to you on so
3: many occasions. I deserve.
1: It was amusing in
3: an inadvertent way, I suppose. It
1: really was. Well, no, because I was considering the possibility that I had been wrong about this because I. No, you weren't wrong. I was checking drugs. So, wait a minute. So. So I am correct in in the sense that Vancouver, Washington was once again passed over for a city with the same name uh, further north. Because looking at Drush today, it said Vancouver tops livability in, uh, index, you know, which is, you know, like the most livable city and the happiest city. And it's where people are waking up every day, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, ready to begin another day of, uh, you know, of, of glory in their town. And I went to click on it, and I thought... Well, no, it couldn't possibly be Vancouver, Washington. I'll just I'll just go to FARC instead. <laughs> and so I was prepared to admit that I might have been wrong, and Vancouver, Washington is, in fact, a much more pleasant place to live than I might have anticipated. But, no, it's not. No. All right, done and done. All right, uh, Straight ahead, more from Tim Riley. We'll do a, a geek watch here in just a, uh, a short while. A television show that you might be a fan of is returning to the small screen. Uh, That's on the way. We'll also be giving away a copy of The Shield Season 7 on DVD, and we'll talk to Dax Holt from TMZ.com. Stay there. It's The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101, KUFO.
5: The Rick Emerson Show. Available anytime, anywhere. Visit KUFO.com right now.
1: It is the Rick Emerson Show, live from Portland, Oregon. It is Rock 101 UFO. Good morning to you. In mere moments, Tim Riley at the news desk. Later on, we'll talk to uh, Don Taylor of Cinematical, who has uh, new DVD releases today, including The Shield Season 7 on DVD. We'll also be giving away a copy of that. Uh, Dax Holt from TMZ will uh, weigh in on the latest in the world of... I could pretend it's something other than David Carradine, but it's not. That's... Uh that's really what we're going to be talking about today. I mean, I'm sure there's other celebrity news. I just don't know what it would be or, or, or how interesting uh, it, it could possibly be compared to the David Carradine thing, especially when—so I guess there was some sort of clarification put out uh, by that Thai tabloid that ran the David Carradine photo. So now now the tabloid is claiming that if you look at that photo of David Carradine, which you can see at RickEmerson.com, so they're saying that he doesn't have fishnets on, but that they— Quote, shadowed the body in like Photoshop or something to cover up some details, because I guess he has a lot of tattoos or whatever. And so but here's the thing. I mean, if you get a chance and this is safe for work in the sense that I mean, there's no nudity or anything, I mean, it's kind of the off putting. But you go to Rick dot com. It's the second blog entry down there. And you click on the link that says, I don't know, it says something like, click here for David Carradine photo. You go down and you look at this picture of him that's in this Thai tabloid. And I looked at it here at work, and then I was looking at it later on my home computer, which has the screen as a kind of a higher resolution. They claim, well, there's two things. One, they claim that he's not actually wearing fishnets in this photo. That they photoshopped the fishnets on or that they that they shadowed that part of his body to cover up uh, some of the more graphic details, which I figured meant to cover his business. But, of course, that wouldn't be the case because he's got his back to the camera. Here's the thing, though. I want you to look at this David Carradine photo and then ask yourself, look at the legs specifically and see if you think the same thing that I think uh, when you are looking at the legs in this photograph. Because there's something that, that sort of uh, jumped out of me as I was as I was viewing this. Where am I looking again? Just go to uh, rickemerson.com. dot uh, you, you, you go to the second blog entry down and just click on the link for the David Carradine picture. Uh, and it's uh, I don't know, it's about halfway down. And so you'll see there's the the regular photo inside of him, and then there's this alleged death photo where it's presumably his his body kind of hanging from the the whatever, like the the coat rack thing in the closet. Okay, mm-hmm. so you're looking at the photo. Yeah. Okay, look at those legs. What? What occurs to you when you look at those? Does anything know. sort of seem wrong or off to you about that photo? Apart from the, apart from this business of the legs being sort of a darker color than everything else, which, again, the newspaper says they did themselves to cover up some details, which maybe they, they want to, like, have bare ass or something showing, so they, like, Photoshopped nylons onto him, which does sort of call into uh, question everything about the photo. Okay, don't those look like a woman's legs to you? Well, yeah. So... That's my thing. And it's not just because it see. And so it would be one thing if he actually had fishnets or stockings on, because you could argue that that might shape your legs in such a way that they get that kind of a form to them. But the newspaper says that he's not actually wearing those, that they just colored. They darkened the legs in the photograph so that so that you would not see his tattoos or his, uh, you know, his uh, nudity, his backside. Hmm. So if they're just darkening them, there's no reason for his legs to look that way. So that's my question. Is like, why does it look like a woman's he legs? That's yeah, lady legs. That's. Right. I mean, you can't see the front, so I, you know, I don't know if there's bosoms or not. But it, it's a little odd uh, now that you look at that. So who knows? It may not be. Uh, may not be a real photograph after all. At the news desk, ladies and gentlemen, this is your personal savior, Tim Riley.
5: In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone.
3: It is five forty-seven. It's going to be partly 70 today. Highs in the seventies. The Rose Festival has been a rousing success this year, even though it had to get by with a 20% drop in sponsors. They added a third weekend, and that was a big hit. They're going to do it again next year. The Starlight Parade drew the biggest crowds in recent memory. Good weather helped things out, too. The festival, they claim, brings in $60 million to Portland every year. Portland Public Schools will have to cut $28 million in their budget. So what will happen? Well, employees must take five-day furloughs, which is common everywhere no matter what the business is. Private or public, they're going to crowd more students in classrooms, and they'll eliminate forty full-time jobs.
1: Wait, I have a question. Let's let's tie these two stories together here. So the let's be doubly relatable, Tim. So the sixty million dollars made by the Rose Festival. Here's yeah. a silly question: Where does that go? I, I
3: guess it it is like the total money spent. But I mean, I but I guess my well, on question: Everything, right? But I mean, I don't know how they figure it out. But but I mean, who like who makes that money?
1: In other Lurch, words, is that, is that but is it but does the city make money off that? I mean, they may make a little bit of it, like, with parking fees. and So there's no—so, like, the city isn't taking a slice no, 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 of no. this off the top? Not really. Well, don't you think they should—I mean, I was just
3: wondering because that's— Well, they, they, they probably do some somehow with admission. That
1: was going to be my question because we're having to hack $28 million out of the school budget, and yet the Rose Festival made $60 million. Yeah. But I guess at Portland, so Portland isn't saying, like, we're going to take 10% of all, of all the profits or whatever. I don't think so. All right. So, so this is really the thing that we're paying—this is a thing that we're paying for and being inconvenienced by that's not benefiting me at all. No. All right. Well, that's great. Okay.
3: Here's so make money. sure you go. Mm-hmm. Well, let's welcome the first Guantanamo Bay detainee arriving in the U.S. They flew him to New York to face trial for bombing U.S. embassies. His name is Armand Galini. He arrived in the early morning hours today. U.S. Marshals took custody of him from his military jailers and brought him to Midtown Manhattan. He's scheduled to appear in Manhattan federal court later today. So I guess if you do anything wrong, anyway, they brought the pirate to Manhattan. So when you do something wrong, they bring you straight to Manhattan to face trial. Uh, This will be an important test case for the Obama administration's plan to close the detention center at Guantanamo Bay in seven months and bring some of the suspects to trial. So and apparently a lot of people are afraid if we bring them here they'll escape but we incarcerate a huge like 9% of our population and nobody gets away in our in our own uh, prisons here so we'll find out what happens. Hey and other news so who knew there was a Wilson's
1: uh, a Wilsonville prison uh, for women? I had no idea. Yes. How oh, long yeah. is that I mean out by Fries
3: Wilsonville? Yeah. So where it's, is it's a Coffee Creek prison.
1: So where is is the women's prison? Everything look here's the thing. It, Wilsonville only exists because of Fries to me. I know that there's probably actual people who live there. There's like a real uh, town there somewhere, but I don't. To me, Wilsonville is sort of like a college town. You know, it's like if you go to uh, Pullman or something, which only exists because of WSU, mm-hmm. or if you go to like uh, like Cheney, Washington, which only exists because of Eastern Washington University. Wilsonville really is just a thing to put fries in. That's just a it's just a vessel for that electronics store. So relative to fries, like where is the prison? I've never been there. But it's uh, but I mean. It, it, and is it like a? it's a full size, like regular penitentiary? It is called Coffee Creek. It's not like some sort of a, uh, not like a way station or whatever. I only ask because every time you have a women in prison story, I just think of that Charlie's Angels episode that took place in uh, like Atlanta, that Angels in Chains, mm-hmm. where it was just lots of excuses to put, what's her name, uh, the Kate Jackson in like a, uh, you know, in like a see-through uh, work shirt. It
3: opened in 2001. It has 108 acres. All
1: right. And granted, by the the, the average... It had
3: all kinds of legal challenges. And the woman who uh, didn't want it in their backyard, probably the typical
1: uh, woman who's incarcerated in Wilsonville does not look like Kate Jackson, by the way. That's a that's a thing I am aware of. It is but the I, only uh,
3: women's prison in Oregon.
1: Oh, really? Well, OK, so so we might get women from hotter
3: outlying areas. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Here's Tim Riley. Any other further questions? It costs one hundred ten million dollars. Well, I'm It's all a country it. club. It has one thousand six hundred eighty four beds. And incoming prisoners are screened and ranked based on factors such as behavior, age, criminal history, psychological health. Don't you think there ought to be a women in prison reality show?
2: Oh, yeah. Why
1: isn't there one now? I don't know. Maybe we should start one. Oh, hey, two things. One, there ought to be a, a women in prison reality show. But again, it should take place in the South, and there shouldn't be any air conditioning allowed. Uh, and everybody should be uh, really okay. sweaty all the time. No, I'm just saying, I know what the... Sarah, I know what men between the ages of 18 and 44 are uh, are interested in.
2: Sweaty female prisoners.
1: Yes, yes, and yes. And also, that uh, there's a fourth supplemental yes, just in case you should have further questions about that. Secondly, don't you think there ought to be a... <laughs> think there ought to be a... A hot porn film based on this concept called (laughs) Scared Straight. (laughs) Uh, Straight. All right, here's Tim Riley.
3: Well, apparently, a Phil Spector is being treated poorly in jail, claims his wife. Somebody still loves him, believe it or not. Uh, Of course, he gets 19 years. And now, the 69-year-old wife, uh, Rochelle... He is speaking out to decry the the punishment. Apparently, he's being held in a very small cell, and he's incarcerated for most of the day, which he finds abhorrent.
1: But apparently, he's uh, found a cockroach to play air chess with, uh, according to this uh, this Twitter update that he put out last week. So, uh, uh, we'll do this straight ahead. I've got these uh, out of context David Carradine sound bites. So, I've got mine, and then I've got uh, some from uh, from Greg. Am I to understand that we are the only two people on the show that actually followed through on this particular assignment? Yes. yes. All right. Well done. I'm sorry. That's fine. Uh, so you know we we've picked up enough slack for everybody here. So the uh, the, the deal was that we all had to uh, come to work today with a David uh, Carradine soundbite. In other words, not somebody speaking about him, but him actually saying something that when taken out of context or when listened to now was retrospectively awkward. Mm -hmm. So I brought mine, and uh, 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 David uh, uh, Nibbler brought his in, and so we'll play those when we get back. Uh, Later on, we'll have uh, uh, Don Taylor from Cinematical who'll be here to talk about DVD releases. Talk to Dax Holtz from TMZ.com, and we'll be giving away a copy of The Shield Season 7 on DVD. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. This is White Zombie on Rock 101 KUFO.
5: KUFO Portland.
1: It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program, live from the studios of Rock 101 KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Sarah Dillon, can use sweeten my microphone ever so slightly? Does anybody else even use this microphone? I don't think so. Because Court is where you are. Uh, fat Bobby, boy Fat been. Boy, is over there where Tim is. And then we got three guest mics, but I think it's the guest mic closest to Tim that gets used. I don't think anybody even uses this. And it, mysteriously, the mic levels are different all the time. Or do you put it down to zero when you leave at the end of the show?
2: Oh, I have to, yeah. I oh, I see. It down.
1: So, okay. Well, there you go. All right. I thought I was going crazy. Or or here's the other thing. I wondered if I had some sort of weird proportional varying uh, deafness that was happening every day. Where occasionally I sounded okay to my own ears, but occasionally I didn't. And it meant that the uh, remaining cilia inside my head were just being snapped off like so many strip mine trees. That sentence made no sense. Tim Riley's working on the following stories for your edification on this Tuesday morning.
3: Apple unveils a new iPhone and cuts the price of the old Those one. Those sons of bitches. Sorry,
1: sorry, sorry, you sorry. sorry. Here's the th- because. I'll let you get to the rest of the headlines, and then I will uncork the furious white-hot rage that lurks within my soul about this That's this morning. That's
3: why I never rush to buy anything. Uh, you know, and... Uh, okay. Ever.
1: Urge to kill rising... We'll uh, get to the rest of these, then we'll dovetail back to that, and then uh, Greg Nibbler will uh, join us here in the studio, and we'll uh, play his out-of-context David Carradine cut and see how creepy it is.
3: Oh, what else am I here for? A Florida fisherman reels in an air-to-air missile, and the U.N. wants to ban plastic shopping bags worldwide. Whatever. All right. Do-gooders.
1: Yeah, seriously. I... Did I did I have this discussion with you the other day about going to Powell's and there was just a huge uh, the mound of paper coffee cups that were being thrown away and there was a recycle bin for everything but paper coffee cups and I couldn't figure out why. Hmm. And I don't think anybody ever really explained it to me. The only explanation I got was that if you put coffee in a cup it then becomes something you can't recycle because apparently the coffee ruins it somehow yeah, which it's
2: soiled or something.
1: But that doesn't make any sense. I mean that makes that makes no sense at all because how is it that you can recycle a newspaper which is filled with ink? Uh, and it's heavily processed and full of chemicals, but you can't recycle a coffee cup, which has only ever had paper in it. I mean, that's just uh, a physiological. I don't. Th- Here's my thing about recycling: is I don't think anybody actually knows. I think they just sort of make it up from day to day and from place to place, and there really is no definitive explanation for this. So, uh, Greg, if you want to uh, come into the studio, I'll play your uh, David Carradine cut here in a second, and we'll play mine. We'll see which and see. I don't know how mine stacks up. I haven't heard any of the cuts he brought in today. Uh, I spent I don't know probably 10 or 15 minutes um, editing this one down this morning to sort of take out. I didn't change the order of any of the David Carradine stuff. I just edited it down to remove some of the sort of <laughs> dead space in the uh, in in the cut. So I've uh, just uh, zeroed in on what I think are the best moments here. Just back on your thing about the the iPhone. I don't have an iPhone, so this doesn't really affect me. But was it where did they announce this? Did you say it wasn't at MacWorld? Where was it where they made this announcement about the the prices?
3: Let's see. This was uh, in San Francisco, apparently.
1: Was it a? Uh, it, it wasn't a big trade show. But I mean, was Steve Jobs there? No. Okay. So they, th- that was the whole thing about the. The, the rumor was that he was going to uh, he was going to make an appearance because he's been battling back from this whatever this mystery ailment of his is. So it's not about the iPhone. But you know what? That reminds me of something I read this morning. Do you ever see something that just pushes you into the, the like a stage of apoplectic anger? And then miraculously, you manage to shove it deep down inside into a small, tiny, hate-filled black ball of intense rage. But then you kind of forget about it. And then something triggers it later on, and the anger comes back full force. So just yesterday I was talking about my MacBook, which I do love. But so I have this 13-inch MacBook, and the big lament of my life is that I did, and I realized that this is just the most American problem on earth, is that I don't have illuminated keys, which is a thing that shouldn't bother me. But it's like the amount of irritation it causes me that I don't have an illuminated keyboard is just so vastly disproportionate to how much it ought to bug me. And it's a thing I never even cared about until I went to lunch with a friend of mine who also has a MacBook, And I'm like, hey, yeah, I got this new computer. It's a Mac. It's great. Da-da-da-da. And I I start typing. And he looks over across the table and he goes, oh, you don't have illuminated keys. And I said, "What, what do you mean? And he goes, I'll check this out. And he reaches into his bag and he pulls out his MacBook Pro, which is basically like a MacBook, but it's slightly bigger. And I think the processor's a little faster. And he opens it up and the keys just go Ding. And the keyboard lights up, which means that even if there's a very low level of light, you, you can uh, you can type without difficulty. Doesn't that make you radioactive eventually? Probably, but doesn't everything? I mean, really, doesn't just living in America and the Northwest specifically make you radioactive? Oh, crazy! And here's because Apple is Apple, and they, you know they're not content just to make something sort of kind of work. You know how the illuminated keyboard on the MacBook works. It's not just that it lights up all the time. It's not like you turn on the computer and the keys light up. It actually has, like, a little sensor on the front of the keyboard, and it detects when the light level in the room has gotten sufficiently low, and then the keyboard goes on. And then if somebody comes—like, if the sun comes up or the light turns on in the room, keys go off again. So I just sat there in just, like, the most furious, unhappy state of envy about his illuminated keyboard— I felt a little bit better about it when I realized that it's like $300 extra to get the illuminated keys. And then I'm reading an article this morning. I bought this. This MacBook is like five months old. I got it in December. I mean, it's not even a year since I purchased this thing. The MacBook Pro, which is larger, has a faster processor, has an illuminated keyboard, a bigger, brighter screen, is now being sold for $300 less than I paid for this. Thanks so much. Thanks, Steve Jobs.
5: I, I still don't have that. an uh,
3: an iPhone or uh, one of those raspberries, so I'm I'm waiting. I don't have an iPhone. I'm successfully resisting
1: that. I'm just, but see, the, the, and this kind of disappointment is a thing I'm gonna have to live with if I'm an Apple person, uh, because that's that's how they do it. They they put something out. They go, "Do you want this bright shiny thing? Uh, that's great. Yes, no, no, yes. no, no, we're not gonna lower the price. No, no, no. This is the price it's gonna be. And then the next week, man, they just f you all over again. Hello, Greg Nibbler. How are you today? Hello, sir. I'm doing well. All right. So we have uh, David Carradine sound cuts here. So we were talking about this after the show, and I forget how we even got to this idea. But rather than doing this, uh, we had this sort of failed bit we were going to do some time ago, which was retrospectively awkward news, where it was stories that seemed great at the time, but now seem unbelievably creepy in Mm. retrospect. That didn't really work out, but we had this idea of bringing in David Carradine cuts that out of context would seem especially creepy. So, uh, you and I are the, uh, we're the sole people on the show who accomplished this. Where are your, uh, where are these cuts from? Where did you get the sound?
5: Okay, uh, let's see. Well, there's two in there that I wanted to play because I, I found a whole bunch of them random different places. The first one, I think, is the one labeled Death. <laughs> and, <laughs> it's hard to see how that could be unnerving. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And this was, uh, taken, it was, I think it was like a fan video outside of some restaurant in L.A. or wherever he was, and, uh... It's just people interacting with him and asking him questions that seem a little bit creepy given the current right. circumstance. So,
1: this is David Carradine, and this cut is called David Carradine Death. Good evening, Mr.
6: Carradine. Good evening. Are we looking forward to another incredible kill bill or what? Well, I'm dead. What he got? <laughs> yeah, you're right. that, that would kill the incredible, wouldn't it? Um, something. What's been the rumors you? of your death have been highly oh. exaggerated. Oh, yeah, right. You didn't hear those rumors, did you? I didn't hear those.
1: Well done. Hey, that's pretty good. Right (laughs) out of the gate. That's really good, Greg. That's like the, uh, uh, do you have that Anna Nicole uh, thing uh, sort of on a hotkey or something where she's uh, the the like my body thing?
2: No, but I shall find it. All
1: right. Let's play that one more time.
6: Good evening, Mr. Carradine. Good evening. Uh, are we looking forward to another incredible kill bill or what? Well, I'm dead. Oh, that's so yeah, unnerving. You know, like, that, that, that would kill the incredible, wouldn't it? Um, what's been the rumors of, of your death have been highly oh. exaggerated. Oh, yeah, right. You didn't hear those rumors, did you? <laughs> I
0: didn't
6: hear those.
1: No. Excellent. That is awesome. <laughs> that's terrific. <laughs> All right. Well done. I think you already win. Uh, I mean, there's only two of us here, and I think you win. Uh, what's this? This
5: other one is called Free? Yes, this is uh, this is unnerving in the context and in, in, in regarding the context and the way he died. All right, um, uh, if you, yeah,
1: I wonder if this is the I wonder if this is the same cut that I brought in. We'll see here.
5: It can be just as free.
1: Oh, no, this is different.
7: As you want it to be, and the thing is, it doesn't take any room to do it. You don't have to be on a football field. You can be in your living room. There's plenty of room to get. All the moves, all the feeling. Okay, I have to, I have to interject at this point. What is he actually talking about
5: here? <laughs> okay, it's some like Tai Shan like video. I, I don't even know what Tai it's, Shan is. It's but, like a like a workout video. Yeah, something like that. He's standing there with like a, a wood stick and he's walking around talking all to himself. Right. I'm gonna click through and play this in a different media player so I can actually uh, so I can pause this. Is this right. what
2: you were looking for. Um, Light my body. Yeah, Anna
1: Nicole Smith. <laughs> well done. All right, so this is we'll play this one again. So this is uh, David Carradine talking about some workout thing
7: it can be just as free as you want it to be and the thing is it doesn't take any room to do it you don't have to be on a football field you can be in your living room there's plenty of room to get all the moves all the feeling how it liberates your shoulders and your hips for that matter you tend to move with it even though it's not required you know you could Stand here. Look,
1: the poignant pan yeah, flute is, right? in the background really, really <laughs> underscores it seems this. To
7: make you wanna move a little, or maybe even a lot. And the more you do it, this
1: is like as he's lacing his hands up and placing them over the shower <laughs> rod or something, talking to a webcam or something. you to do that? <laughs> talking to and Ramrod sixty nine online.
7: And it's uh, it's capable of these big, flashing, owl and Kung moves and the little inside stuff that the grapplers do all of that there's it doesn't really have many limitations
1: also i've got a rope around my penis <laughs> all right awesome well done <laughs> all right uh, so you've got two more here or uh, you've got to actually several you've got did you get Rick? one i have one it's fairly lengthy but it's just it's just the one mine is all one long soundbite that i actually had to edit down it's a few minutes long but i had and even that took some some work so you've got uh, a couple more. You've got one called cried, one called energy, and one called hated so much, and one called infected.
5: Uh, yeah, these ones, do you feel good about any of these? Um, try,
1: try the infected one. All right, let's see. Try the infected one. <laughs> That's the only time you're ever going to use that
7: phrase in your life. By the way. I found myself uh, wanting to continue with it. And, you know, I've, I've done uh, videotapes on it. I've taught it. I've done seminars. I've written books on it. It's infected my whole life.
1: Uh, 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 it makes me feel icky in the darkest place. Uh, let's just, uh, one more time, we'll just uh, do this one.
6: Good evening, Mr. Carradine. Good evening. Are we looking forward to another incredible kill, Bill, or what? Well, I'm dead. <laughs> no. uh, well
1: done. <laughs> All right. I didn't want to play mine now. I have to wait. Oh, you oh, have uh, to players. Well, all uh, do we have to should I wait here? We'll do it maybe in the next uh, in the next segment or something or is it uh, we'll do it at uh, perhaps 7ish. Excellent. All right. Well done, Greg Nibbler. Fantastic. There <laughs> you Fantastic go. That's uh, work. Out of Context Theater here on the Rick Emerson show. Coming up here in just a few, we'll talk to Tony, the guitarist from Godsmack, about Crew Fest 2, which is coming up July 28th at Clark County Amphitheater. Find out more at KUFO.com. Later on, Tim Riley has more news for us. And Don Taylor from Cinematical will be here to talk about new DVD releases. Plus, Uh, Dax Holt from TMZ.com. Here's Nirvana. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101, KUFO.
5: Share your thoughts with Tim Riley. I have irritable bowels. Please let me pee. Call 503-228-4101. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101
1: KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show live from Rock 101 KUFO here in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. You know, I thought I brought this Mr. T sound clip into the studio, uh, but I didn't. It must be back in my office. I'll find it for the next segment. Do you ever think of Mr. T singing, and that's sort of quotationally said there, uh, singing the take me out to the ball game? I don't think I would have noticed. No, I, it's not one of those things that ever—I w- I wouldn't have known even to seek it out, but somebody—I had I, a bunch of people send me the link to it, and it was a lot of— it, there's really not much point even in playing it except to note that— It is just the power of the catchphrase to give you a prolonged career. I mean, what sort of shelf life do you think Mr. T would have were it not for the I pity the fool thing? I mean, if you have a phrase that you could sort of... I know might. I mean, that's the thing, right? Well, bad example. That probably isn't the best example in terms of career longevity. What is the last thing J.J. Walker did? Anybody? Oh, nothing in about thirty years. I mean, I can't. At least, I mean, there must. Let me, and I will further refine the question. What, what is does the he last do every thing? Day? See, but that's my. I wonder that all the time
3: about about Jimmy
1: J. Every J. Walker. Every you really,
3: wake up and wonder. I wonder if he's getting up right now
1: too. I well, the answer to that is almost certainly no. I mean, he probably gets up and then kind sort of peeks out the window and then just puts the Still drapes. Still nothing back. there. Go. <laughs> He, he probably doesn't even go to the mailbox. He probably just looks out and looks at that little red flag that's on the side just to see if it's up. Wait, no, I... Ah, crap. All right. This is not a dynamite development. I'm, all right. <clears throat> and then just back to bed. I think about Jimmy J.J. J. Walker all the time, and I wonder what he's doing right now. Like, here's here's a thing that I think about. I think about having one of those, like, NORAD uh, uh, maps, uh, you know, where it shows, like, the incoming Russian bogeys or whatever. Yes. Except it wouldn't be that, but it would be for, like, Z-list celebrities, so you could just track them. Sort of like Marlon Perkins on the Serengeti plane. I think he's dead. Marlon Perkins? Well, he's easy to track. Yeah. Where is he? He's right there. Later on, where is he? He's right there. But there's that application that you can get. Uh, speaking of my Mac, there's, like, a little desktop widget that you can get that will show you the spread of the swine flu virus in real time. Because what it does is it gets uh, updated information from government databases and the CDC or whatever. And so your screensaver is just a whole map of the the entire globe, of the entire world. And as new swine flu cases develop, little dots just appear uh, wherever one is tracked, which is fantastic. And I think there's one for Ebola, too, which I'm actually going to, that's going to be the new one I use. But I want some sort of a widget that will just track certain celebrities and let you know where they are.
2: Well, it's Gawker Stalker.
1: Okay, so what is that?
2: Gawker Stalker is um you can like upload it from anywhere. Like if you if you're walking in the streets of New York and see like Matt Dillon walking down the street, you can be like you know spotted Matt Dillon on the corner of you know like 67th and Lexington.
1: And then is it just so? Is it like as text? It prints it out? Yeah. Or, you know on the website it shows. No, it? it's
2: crazy because you can it, it gets like to the minute where where people are.
1: See, don't you think there ought to be the next step of that is some sort of graphic interface where it's like a map. And it's a map that shows you where a celebrity is at a certain point in time. I think
2: they actually might have that on there. Oh,
1: see. Yeah, I, would,
2: is amazing.
1: I would I would get get with that in, in in a in a minute. Uh that would be awesome. So anyway, but I think about Jimmy JJ Walker constantly. And I will say to myself, like, where is he? I mean, he exists. It's not like he went into a state of cryostasis. He must you know he's doing something or other. So I mean, like, where is he at this very moment? But the um anyway, so the power of the catchphrase, Jimmy Walker notwithstanding. You know that can really extend your career. So I'll find this audio of Mr. T just sort of bellowing "Take Me Out to the Ball Game," and then you'll be amazed at how he works the "Pity the Fool" right into it. I mean, that's sort of a, you know, that's like the "Pity the Fool" is sort of the Where's Waldo of Mr. T's uh, world, where you're trying to find out exactly where in the in you know in where in the project that he's currently working on will he fit the phrase "Pity the Fool." Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines on this uh, Tuesday morning.
3: Well, apparently, uh, Jimmy Walker is working on a movie entitled "Imps." You're lying. That's what it says here. He plays Thomas.
1: Is this information that he... Wait, is, is this, this an IMDb? from IMDb. You know, anybody can edit that. IMPS. You know, that is only slightly uh, harder to edit than Wikipedia. Jimmy Walker himself probably put that up there. I mean, I'm not saying it's not true. It's not
3: true. It says he symbolized the 70s.
6: Uh-huh.
3: All right. He claims he's no actor but a, com- a comic. And let's see, what's he doing? Uh, well, nothing. Okay. There there, there's something in there from 1987. Well done. <laughs> But you know what? You have to credit the guy. He's been married to the same woman since 1980. Well, of course. I mean, Jimmy Walker can't afford a divorce. I mean, really. I mean, what
1: is it? I, I would imagine he's probably married. This would just be my guess. I would imagine he is probably married. Uh, does, so he's been for how long? Since 1980, the same woman. 1980.
3: His first marriage.
1: Was that after Good Times went off the air? Yes, I believe. So I wonder if at that point he said, uh, Jimmy Walker needs a long-term survival plan. Jimmy Walker would like to marry you, miss. All right. Excellent. And I bet she has something really stable like she uh, I bet she does like actuarial tables at an insurance company.
3: Wow. He's over 60 years old.
1: Damn. All right. Uh, Without further ado here, let me me get to this Godsmack thing. So I'm not going to pretend that this is this is live. This is one of the things we do. Rock guys don't rise early. They're they're late morning people. Oh, God. Is there bad Jimmy Walker news? No, my computer
3: just started printing out gibberish. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's great. Is it doing that thing that it did a few months back where it was like printing page one of 40,000? No, this is like all kinds
3: of weird capital letters.
1: Well, I'm sure it's just a new traffic update from one of our many uh, cell phone callers, Tim.
3: Oh, that could be. All right.
1: So, uh, rock dudes don't get, they don't really get out of bed, uh, you know, like at the crack of dawn or anything. So, I taped this yesterday. This is an interview uh, with Tony, who is the guitarist for Godsmack. They're going to be here as part of Crew Fest 2, which is happening uh, July 28th at Clark County Amphitheater. Crew Fest 2, featuring, of course, Motley Crue performing Dr. Feelgood in their entirety, uh, and it's a Godsmack theory of a dead man, Drowning Pool. Um, and Charm City Devils, you can find a uh, ticket to KUFO.com. And if you wait and get those on Wednesday, there's no service charge. Uh, so no service charge on Wednesday ticket purchases. Awesome. All right. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I give you Tony from Godsmack. It is a real pleasure to welcome Tony from Godsmack to the Rick Emerson Show right now. How are you today, sir?
8: I'm doing real good.
1: When you step out on stage, the guitar in your hand, and you guys are ready to go right into the first song, and you look out, and there's this huge outdoor crowd. What is the energy like at an outdoor show? Summertime, sun beating down, still warm, as opposed to doing
8: an indoor show somewhere. I guess you know it's a little different. Um, I mean, they seem to be pretty ferocious when they've been sitting around all day. You don't know, get that many bands and outside party, and they, see those those gigs usually get pretty wild. Um, but you know, we've had great you know, great shows indoors too in theaters and arenas. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a different vibe. You know, it's more of a uh, party vibe, a, a festival vibe. You know, that whole
1: thing. It's definitely that way. If you're in the crowd, it has that, as you said, sort of a party vibe to it, where it's just a, you know, it's a whole day of just kind of rock, uh, you know, debauchery and, and indulgence. Is it that way with the bands as well? If you're touring with a lot of bands, are you there, kind of watching each other's uh, sets and sort of, you know, being there as a participant as well?
8: It depends what band it is. <laughs> if I want to see a band that I know about or you know I was interested in, I'll go check them out. Or if it's you know, the band that you know some bands I don't love, I don't love all all music, so I might you know pass on a few. But it gives you the opportunity to see a, a band that you might you know not have seen.
1: Is it still a little bit of a of a of a mind trip? Uh, you know to to look out and there you are, uh, touring, sharing the the stage with Motley Crue.
8: Yeah, sure. You don't. I I don't, I mean, I I get used to it from doing it for a long time, but you know, it still gets me excited, you know, because I was always a fan of music when I grew up, you know, I played guitar and I was into, you know, Zeppelin and, you know, all all the rock bands. So, I mean, uh, I'm just older now and I do it.
1: (laughs) Godsmack obviously has such a diverse range of influences and bands that have sort of come together in the style that you guys have. Somebody mentioned that Zeppelin three was was the record that that got you into playing guitar and I don't know if that's true. Was there a particular no, record? No, I
8: wouldn't say so. I, I was into Sabbath at first. I was into um, you know, the first Sabbath album. When I first played guitar, that was some of the first stuff I learned. Then I got we sold our soul for rock and roll. So I was a big Sabbath fan. I you know, that really got me rolling on the guitar. Then I got into like, you know, Zeppelin and Leonard Skinhead and you know uh, whatever, Michael Shanker, uh UFO, you know, I just followed anyone that played good guitar, I was kind of interested in.
1: Talking to Tony from, from Godsmack, in terms of influences, who is the biggest influence on either you as a guitarist or on the band as a whole that maybe people wouldn't necessarily think of, a, a, an influence that's very real, but maybe not so obvious?
8: Um, Well, maybe me, with me, I, you know, say i say I grew up on Sabbath, and that's a big part of my sound, but I, I love blues, too, like, you know, Gary Moore and Stevie Ray Vaughan, so... And you can kind of hear it in my soloing where, um, you know, it's kind of a cross between blues and, you know, real some metal stuff that I'll do. But a lot of it's blues based, you know.
1: Every hit that you guys rack up, every record you put out, uh, you know, that becomes people really connect to it and they bond to those records and those songs. As you assemble such a big body of work, uh, does it get harder and harder to put together the set list where you feel like there's so many songs you got to put in there and you're trying to squeeze in the stuff that's maybe uh, that gets played less often that you still want to you still want to get out?
8: Yeah, yeah, that's always that's always an issue because the, the, with every CD that comes out, we have one or two or three songs that are on the radio that you know people just gotta hear. So as as the second's gets longer, you get less and less of those songs that you might you know maybe we enjoy playing or whatever. But you know it's all good, man. We want to play for the audience and give them the, you know give them a good show and play the songs that you know we play. We always throw in some some different ones, but for the most part, you know we have a lot of. A lot of radio songs now that we gotta play. Uh
1: Crew Fest two is coming up. It's uh July twenty eighth, Clark County Amphitheater. You can get tickets at KUFO uh, dot com. What is the uh, what's the status of the uh, of the new record? When can people expect a new album for you guys?
8: Uh, well we got a we got a song coming out like I don't know, a week or two, I'm not sure. It's coming out soon. Uh we're actually in, we've been writing since, you know, like Christmas, a little after Christmas. And uh you know, we got a bunch of music and that's why this one single's coming out. But, you know, we're gonna continue writing and uh you know, we'll probably record later in the year, and I think it's planned on coming out, you know, beginning of the next year.
1: Talked about you sharing the bill with so many uh, great bands over the years, you know, being part of Crew Fest, too. For you, uh, as a guitarist, you're you're there, you're out playing with Godsmack. What is the moment when when you realized that you'd, you know, you'd kind of scale the mountain?
8: I think when uh, we did our first OzFest, Fest, we were going platinum at that time. Well, actually, no, we went gold. At when 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 it, we were, we we put their record out like in ninety eight and we did the OzFest in, i think it was ninety nine the next year and uh that, that at that point you know um you know we had beat up clubs a lot, so there wasn't much to show for success, but it happened really quick within a year we were like gold and going on platinum and when you know when I got a gold record and we were playing the OzFest to you know a lot of fans and that was the biggest stage I ever played on, so I would say that was a the first you know point where i was like wow we've had some success already you know it already felt like we were getting
1: there crew fest Two, july 28 featuring Godsmack. all right my friend thank you so much best of continued success in all you do sir
8: awesome thank you all right
1: thank you and uh, don't forget if you get your tickets on wednesdays there's no service charge for that uh, you can go to kufo.com for more information crew fest 2 which is coming up july 28th Clark county amphitheater part of kufo's summer of rock ladies and gentlemen it's so a rick emerson show straight ahead news from tim riley do we have an update on jimmy walker
3: No, well, no, there's nothing to update. (laughs) Can you please play the Kings of Leon for me?
1: (laughs) We'll get it right out to you, Tim. Here's the Kings of Leon. This is you, somebody. It's the Rick Emerson Show, Rock 101, KUFO, live from Portland.
3: More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments, only on Rock 101,
1: KUFO. All right, we got an answer to the Jimmy Walker thing, sort of.
3: Sort of, what was the question? I don't remember.
1: The answer, the question was, what does Jimmy Walker, well, I don't have an answer to what is he doing right now. I mean, I would imagine that's just sort of staring as as Patton Oswalt would say, just staring blankly into the middle distance. Um, I found an answer to what he's doing in general. We'll get to that here in short a second. It is the uh, Rick Emerson Show. We're live from Portland, Oregon. Uh, it is Tuesday morning here at Rock 101, KUFO, and everywhere. Unless you're one of our many listeners in New Zealand, where I think it's already tomorrow. Hello, and good morning tomorrow. It's 503-228-4101. If you would like to uh, join us on the uh, telephone today, you can also, uh, it, which I say, by the way, because my grandfather used to do that, and then he passed it on to my mother, who would add weird extra syllables to things, uh, sort of Jessica Simpson style which is, I believe, some sort of a bizarre southern trait that thankfully did not make its way into my lexicon in any sincere fashion. You can also text if you like. It's 520 uh 51 Let's see this. Uh, okay, so this is from uh, a man who calls himself. This is, this is from the Polish Avenger. All right, thanks. Uh, is that an
3: actual superhero?
1: Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, uh, You can insert your own superpower uh, here in this five-second gap. Okay. You go to. Di- okay, so here's the website. The website is not Dynamite. The website is DynamiteJJ.com. And if you look at this, incidentally, th- this is a website that I think was m- created a Microsoft front page in about uh, 1997 because it's got that. This is like it's got that template five look to it where you just go to the drop down menu and there's one called like, you know, cool corporate just for fun, for kids, just for kicks. Uh, so this is the corporate one, and it's got the uh, the little light up glowing buttons on the side when you put your mouse over them. So Jimmy Walker, it says my gigs. If you would like to book Jimmy for your corporate or personal appearance, send said, what is your personal appearance. Is that where he like comes to your house? What does what does that mean? Book Jimmy Walker for your corporate or personal appearance. Is that like if you have like a like a like a shindig of your own, like a bat mitzvah or something, and. Mommy, I demand that you get Jimmy Walker for my bat Mitzvah. I demand that he be brought here now. Uh so Jimmy Walker is it's probably too charitable of an assessment to say he's on tour. Um he will be playing at the Funny Stop in Akron, Ohio.
3: Where are you looking at this at? The funny stop of Akron. <laughs> is yes. there only one?
1: And that's only for the that's only for the couple of hours that Jimmy Walker's there. Then it goes back to being the uh then it goes back to being the pain stop. He's 62 years old. Now, see, but how is that possible? Well, it's because I'm old, I guess. Uh, this is at dynamitejj.com slash gigs, Sarah. Uh, let's see. So he's at the funny stop. Hey, he's going to be in Worcester, Tim. Uh, let's see. Worcester. At, at the the arena,
3: which I suspect, Oh, that's big. That's not, see, but I was going to say
1: that's instinct. They
3: probably I, drop a curtain halfway down like they do at the Rose Garden. The arena of the clouds. Yes. Uh, let's see. Worcester in the clouds. I
1: mean, it doesn't say he's inside the arena. For all we know, he could be in the parking lot, <laughs>
3: Oh, I, drive up comedy. I, I will be in
1: an Econo Line van outside the arena for uh, about 15 minutes tomorrow night. Somebody ought to do like a drive through comedy thing. You know, like one of those yeah. espresso huts, but you drive like a chuckle hut where you drive by and a guy says, uh, I just flew in from Syracuse. Boy, are my arms tired. Thank you. Drive through. Let's see what He's else gonna do we It's going to be
2: at have? Giggles in Seattle in, the, Giggles. <laughs> in October. That
1: is, the, that is the big time. Can I just, and at Hog Rock in Illinois,
3: <laughs> I'm going to be playing at Hog Rock also. I somebody's cashing in favors <laughs> <And I did. laughs> to, to book these
1: look remember how Jimmy never said anything about you and that hooker now come on it's time to ant up. up uh, so he's going to be get. god damn I'm glad I'm not a comedian um, he's going to be at giggle 62 years of age I'm not trying to knock him I'm really not but good god almighty he's going to be at giggles in Seattle afterward he will be it uh, after that he'll be at the laugh L-A-F-F which is a thing that we always just say is like a goof. We just say that as a, as a gag. He's going to be at the Laugh Spot. In Giggles, so California. <laughs> let me understand this. There's no way. He's going to be at He's going to be at Bananas in Kansas City as well. At
2: Bananas?
1: Bananas. So he'll Does be he have at, his own private jet? Yes. Oh. No. Uh, so he's going to be at the Funny Stop, followed by the Laugh Spot, followed by Giggles. Hello. Welcome to hell. It, <laughs> population, Jimmy Walker. All right, at the uh, news desk, ladies and gentlemen, your personal savior, Tim Riley.
5: In the news with Tim Riley.
3: Hello again, 652. It's going to be partly sunny today, highs in the 70s. Passenger traffic at PDX is down 15%, so somebody has to get the ax. So far, 15 common people have been laid off, and we're told executive face pay cuts.
1: I find that hard to believe. So when you say common people, that's not like the TSA folks. No, they're above that. Yes,
3: yes, they are. We're talking about the baggage handlers who steal things out of your luggage.
1: Those kind of people. Well, they're not able to supplement their income
3: anymore. Oregon prisons may be forced to release criminals early to save money. They're $78 million short. What to do? Well, those doing time for drug and property crimes may qualify for early freedom if they've been behaving while doing time. Oh, no. Portland's Historic Landmarks Commission will now rally to add Memorial Coliseum to the National Register of Historic Places. What will that mean? That'll make it impossible to tear down this outdated behemoth. To build something decent there.
1: Big, ugly, box-like eyesore it of a really building. Is. It really is. And the sound in there
3: sucks, It looks like the way. Great Wall of Chocolate. It's just <laughs> a
1: less edible. Yes. Is that a P.F. Chang's reference? Yes, it is. Well done. All right. You know what P.F. means in P.F. Chang's? No.
3: Peter Fleming.
1: Do I like? don't believe that's an authentic Asian name. <laughs>
3: no, it isn't. But he is the founder. Peter Fleming do- Chang? And he duped do- everyone.
1: <laughs> yeah. I looked it up. I don't understand. Why would his name be Peter Fleming Chang? I mean, look, not that you can, can't name somebody that, but that doesn't sound like it. That doesn't
3: really. No, his, his real last name is not Chang. Is it named like Peter Fleming Grubenstein? Just Peter Fleming. All right. Oh, okay. So it's and not. And added the Chang at the end. P.F. Changs. I have to say, but it's catchy. I like yeah. it. All right. Well, uh, well, this is a new one. Why
1: do you know that, by the way? Did you look that up? Did you actively seek that information out? I was reading the business pages the other day and came across it. And there was an article about P.F. Chang's? Yes. Can I just tell you this? Can I admit something awful? I've never eaten there. I, just,
3: neither have right, I. The look, the look of horror on Tim's face. <laughs> just, well, no, they don't have one on the east side, obviously. Uh-huh. You would have to go to other environs to Thank you. dine there.
1: Thank you, Miss Helmsley. I appreciate <laughs> that. They don't have one where... Well, you know, I mean, they don't go to places.
3: Well, you're, you're free to travel and expand your horizons. Mm-hmm. No one's stopping you from doing You have the freedom to jump in your truck if it's still out there. Even and a. Turn in TF Chains.
1: Yes, Rick. Even a person of modest means, such as yourself. You can. It is America, Tim. I can go it's, wherever it's not my. It's uh, expensive.
3: It only looks that way. Rick,
1: go wherever my rattletrap truck will take me. Right, here's that, uh, Tim Riley. <laughs> this guy's from Florida.
3: Authorities no. and a commercial fisherman. Wait. Wait, it comes from where? where? Florida.
1: Oh, I had yes. my computer turned off. Well a,
3: done. A fisherman has reeled in a live missile in the Gulf of Mexico and kept it on his boat for 10 days. Uh, Rodney Solomon hooked the air to air guided missile 50 miles off the Panhandle town of Panama City. The Air Force and Navy used the Gulf waters to test this uh, weaponry. Uh, He had the missile aboard his boat for 10 days before returning to port Monday near St. Petersburg. A bomb squad was called in from nearby McDill Air Force Base to dismantle the missile in an empty parking lot. (laughs) The missile was very corroded from floating in salt water for a long time, which makes us all feel a little bit better. Uh, It was alive. And was in very unstable state. Hey, here's
1: something, Tim. Maybe you know this. Yes. Remember that weird story that came out like a couple of days ago where they thought they found the Air France wreckage? And then it turned out it was wreckage from something else altogether. And now
3: they found wreckage from it. Okay. Well, oh, they we s- have now. Yes, they okay. have. Yeah, but what was the other wreckage Nobody from? Nobody knows. Ah, oh, so And nobody's creepy. commenting. See? That just freaks well, me out. Anything could happen over the ocean. I mean, that just,
1: uh, I just, that just makes me feel very anxious for reasons I can't. The
3: ocean is vast and endless. Yes.
1: It uh, contains multitudes. It it, it creeps me out, just the idea that there's wreckage out there and nobody bothered to tell us something was missing. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley.
3: American Idol runner-up Adam Lambert has landed on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine where he talks about sex and drugs and his well-appearances. He's 27 years old. He acknowledges in an interview that he's gay and says it shouldn't come as a surprise. Well, I guess it doesn't. On with the next story. Uh... You're going to hate me for reading this one. It's time for the Geek Watch.
1: Here's your Geek Watch uh, for Tuesday on the Rick Emerson radio program.
5: This high-speed modem is intolerably slow. In the Queen, Sergeant Lemon, remember, you used... To just a television show. That's all, okay?
1: <laughs> Why am right, I going to hate you for reading this? you
4: we were wondering if the coin
7: flux... Now, just listen on
4: there. There is
7: no Well, you already made flux. it. There's no auxiliary.
3: A there's point. No,
4: God uh, damn To
7: indicate your Shit.
3: dissatisfaction. You got it? What might be going on? I
1: talking over the intro. I'm sorry. First I talked so over the Pink I. Floyd thing, now I'm talking over the Geek Watch open.
3: Alright, here's That's right. okay. Apple has sliced ah! the entry price for an iPhone in half. Half. And lowered some laptops by $300. Sons of bitches. Oh, I'm filled with anger. So, here's how much this stuff costs. A 16 gigabyte version of the 3GS. That's a new model. It has an S on the end of it. Costs $199 and a 32 gigabyte version 299 Now, the old one which was the 8 gigabyte iPhone 3G without the S which came out last year now cost $99 instead of $199. When the iPhone debuted 4 years ago, eager Apple fans had to shell out $499 before they reduced the price for the 4 gigabyte version and $599 for 8 gigs. So uh every wow, this is a Oh, by the way, Apple slipped 82 cents uh, to close out $143.85 mm-hmm. on the stock which is high. Yeah. Uh so uh it's a $99 iPhone which should make everyone happy, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, sure.
1: Here's the th- th- and we got a break here in a second, but I got to say first of all, you don't need a 16 gig phone. If you need 16 gigs of memory on your phone, you're doing something wrong uh, with your life. You've confused your
3: devices somehow. Um also, now they say they're uh, going to upgrade iTunes to allow movie rentals. And the purchase of TV shows on the mobile device, just like the desktop versions of iTunes. Yeah,
1: this is what I get for being a recent adopter of a Mac. I guess I guess I should have known that they would do this because it's what they did with the iPhone, right? Yeah. Hey, it's five hundred dollars next month. Hey, it's ten dollars. So I should have known that they would screw me on this laptop, which I do love, but which is less than six months old and which is now uh, which they've now cut like four hundred dollars off the price of it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. There's your Geek Watch for a Tuesday. <laughs> we'll continue our more.
6: By the sons of Warvan, I shall avenge you. Next. Ooh cheese cheeseburgers are a dangerous mix now I'm just
1: cutting words out of my sentences we continue more next talk pretty ahead
5: kuFO Portland
1: all right pretend my voice didn't just crack that way to blame it on the to uh, blame it on my toothpaste. I do, by the way, which is this? It's uh, it, this is called um, Colgate something or other. Colgate Clean Mint. But we've entered this uh, stage in American food where uh, all all foods must contain tiny little bits of something else, which is sort of like the it's like the Ben and Jerry'sification uh, of America, where it's like your ice cream can no longer just be ice cream; it's got to have like uh, crap ground up and shoved into it, which is fine. I'm all for that. But so this Colgate it contains what are called Mini breath strips, which are these, like, sort of small plasticky kind of things. And by the way... Do so you
2: brush with those on your teeth?
1: Well, no, it's just... A, but see, it's regular toothpaste, but then it's got, like, um, it's just got, like, little uh, tiny, like, particles of something or other in it. I don't even really know what they are, though. It's kind of disconcerting. It's like bubbles. It's like bubble teas, except sharp and pointy. So it
2: looks like looks like confetti or something.
1: Do you know what it's like? Here's what I think they've done. I think at Colgate, you know, like around your sink yeah. at home, you get the uh, you get like the dried toothpaste scum. I think there's a guy at the factory who's paid like four dollars an hour just to scrape away the dried toothpaste, and then they chop it up and they stick it in here. And just FYI, if you're listening at the uh, at at the uh, at the Colgate uh, Palmolive Company. I got one of your uh, so-called breath strips in my eye the other day, which was a uniquely unpleasant experience. So oh, that
2: How in God's name do you get a breath strip in your eye? I
1: don't really know the answer to that. And it is both embarrassing and kind of impressive, actually. Wait,
2: from the toothpaste?
1: Yeah, I was brushing my teeth with this Colgate uh, Clean Mint that has these little miniature breath strips in it. And at one point, I was, you know, sh- 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 scrubbing away. And then I kind of went, ah! You know, and, I, <laughs> and I, was, I had this weird burning sensation in my eye. And I, you know, kind of put my finger to try to figure out what was going on. So I jammed a finger right into my eye, which is one of those instinctive Homer Simpson things you do that always makes the problem worse, but you do it anyway. Like when you drop your car keys in a deep fryer and you reach in after them because, you know, you have to. So I reach up to my eye. What's going wrong? <coughs> Stick my finger into my eye, which actually makes it hurt more. And then I managed to pull this tiny little Colgate breath strip out of my eye where it, where it had been, it cutting deep into the surface of my, uh, of my retina. So, there you go. You
2: need a different uh. kind of toothpaste. Yes. You can't
3: handle that.
1: But I will say that everything I look at has a clean uh, and fresh minty appearance to it now. Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines on this Tuesday.
3: But I know how you feel because I bought some of that cut rate saline solution that you use with contacts. Why would you ever do that? Well, because it, I couldn't wait till payday to buy some. So, I brought the Kroger brand. I love Kroger. But, I put Are some in my eye. I was like, oh! And I go, well, maybe it's just that I'll try the other eye. Oh! Go, oh no.
1: Awesome. But Have but, I mixed this with boric acid again? It's
3: like, what, what's in this? It's like, why this would you put? By, why? this made by KBR? Why would you put this?
1: We should bring on Don Taylor, by the way, from Cinematical, who is laughing uproariously in, the, like, uh, in the background. It's like 2
3: o'clock in the morning when this commotion is going on. My neighbors must have heard my screams like twice.
1: So... Uh, is Don's uh, microphone upstairs? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. All right. So this is uh, Don Taylor. Uh, how how are you? I had to introduce oh, you because of- I can hear you all the way over here in my microphone.
0: It's the- <laughs> <laughs> It's just the whole idea of like, oh, my God, that burned my eye. I'll try the other eye.
3: <laughs> well, there are
0: two eyes. so I, If the first one didn't work, but perhaps it need, was
3: a defective eye.
0: You need at least one to see. You should like maybe I would think I better so not
3: damage my other I'm one. I'm standing there. I can't see with any of my eyes. <laughs> and I have to drive to work in five <laughs> minutes. What do I do? <laughs> Many, with anyway. any of my eyes, it's like you're a centipede. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm just picture. <laughs> okay, the 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 first painful eye is less painful now since about a minute has gone by, so I'll try it again, and I'll deal with the pain because I have to go to work. Did you just assume that, the, that you
1: had a defective eye somehow, and that's why the saline solution was burning?
3: Well, you're just waking up, and the first thing I do in the morning is put my contacts in,
1: so yeah. I'm
0: half asleep.
3: And he had, I do he had those like morning tender
0: eyes, you know. <laughs> he had to, to butcher. I mean, you're, up you're prying so your eyes to... open anyway
3: because you only woke up like ten seconds ago. <laughs> I like the idea that when you
1: squirt something into your eye and it then has a fiery burning sensation, your immediate response is to squirt it into another delicate area of your body. Wait, where's my other? Uh, where's my other cornea? Let me just. No, no, no! That one burns too. How would you? How are you going to get to the emergency room after that? I don't know. I could just see you sort of blindly groping your way down the street, trying what? to get to the first alert clinic. When
3: you've only been awake for thirty seconds, these things do make sense. <laughs> if it doesn't work in the first one, try the other one. Uh, Fair enough. Anyway, so that happened. I'm going to spend a little bit extra money today and buy some real saline solution. Excellent.
1: Tim Riley is uh, following these stories on your Tuesday.
3: We're going to hear from the uh, the boy who looks like a girl, Austin Melton. The boy struck by lightning. Probably, He's making the national talk show around, so yucking it up. Probably less pretty now, I would imagine. I would imagine so. Uh, so if 39th Street is renamed after Cesar Chavez, why not rename Northwest 23rd after Richard Nixon?
1: I embrace that idea.
3: Vancouver is named the easiest city on Earth to live in, and the first Guantanamo Bay detainee arrives on American soil. Actually, rejoice! Right. Does he get a parade
1: of some kind, or is Take it the usual parade in Manhattan? Just the usual testicle shocking. Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, Don Taylor from uh, Cinematical. Uh, what will we be speaking about today?
0: Uh, we'll be speaking about. Have you a... maimed
1: some sensitive part of your anatomy?
0: Just oh surely... God, God, yes, but yeah, <laughs> so many times I could show you my big toe right now, and you'd be horrified. Awesome, but um. <laughs> That sounds so much more random. We're, than We we're, were talking to about me. feet earlier.
3: You missed that conversation. <laughs> oh,
1: no, no, no. We've moved from feet all the way up through uh, my eye over to Tim's eyes, and now apparently back to your feet. So. Uh, exactly.
0: Excellent. Uh, we'll be talking about uh, there is a new uh, Old Man Clean Eastwood is on DVD today. And I believe we'll be talking about uh, movies about crazy people because I have an appointment with a therapist later today. So you sent me. <gasps> is, it, is it a first? No it's not actually a first for me but it's been a very long time and it will be my first time with this new therapist.
1: Wait when so. is the last time you went to a shrink?
0: About 10 years ago.
1: Really? Now, oh that's uh, a while. That is I mean that's a long time. Uh, and that so. was
0: just a brief a brief stint after having uh, been involved with a uh, abusive alcoholic jerk of a man and i needed to go to somebody a few times who would say they're there dear it's not your fault yes you know and
1: so so that was how many times did you go to the uh, shrink before
0: that one was on i only saw her like three or four times
1: oh that doesn't even count well i'd also that's
0: but i do have some therapeutic experience because about 20 years ago i was in an in-hospital program for an eating disorder and i was actually in the hospital for two months oh and got like a lot of therapy then, like uh, two group therapies like the a The concentrated dosages. Months. Yeah, so so I, I'm not a stranger to therapy. I just it's I'm the just only one without a spent shrink. Spent time doing it. Or a it. BlackBerry.
3: Do you feel left out, Tim? I do. I don't have any of the modern conveniences that people thrive on. <laughs> well, <laughs> I and I can't see. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, on that note, okay, so
1: we'll do this. We'll get caught up straight ahead. We'll talk to Don Taylor about uh, Grand Torino, which is out on DVD today. We'll talk about the Shield season seven, uh, movies for crazy people, and uh, Sarah and I will give you some tips on the. We'll give you some tips on how to embrace your new therapeutic lifestyle. Uh, excellent. What Welcome to, look, to Crazy time. And more importantly, <laughs> well, Sarah will tell you what not to look for in a shrink. So if you're uh, considering going crazy, you're just playing nuts already. Uh, you want to be listening for that. Oh, we've also got more out of context theater with retrospectively awkward David Carr. Sound bites. That's on the way. Here's Pearl Jim.
5: Don't miss a moment of the Rick Emerson Show. Hello, it's a tongue. Where you'll be filled with desperate, miserable shame. Sex me. Listen online, live or via podcast at KUFO.com.
1: I don't know. Your your guess is as good as mine, sister. I got nothing. It is the Rick Emerson Show. We are live from Portland. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503 228 101 You can also... uh Text me at uh, 52051. 52051. Coming up later on, we'll give away a copy of The Shield Season 7 on DVD. We'll talk to Dax Holt from TMZ.com. And we'll have uh, more out-of-context theater with uh, David Carradine quotes that are now retrospectively creepy. I think uh, Nibbler's already won the contest, though, because... He really has. Let me just play. There's a little bit of the... uh, uh, This is just a little bit of David Carradine being interviewed by some fans outside a Los Angeles eatery, I believe, sometime uh, around the, probably around the Kill Bill era or something like that.
6: Good evening, Mr. Carradine. Good evening. <laughs> Good evening. Oh, are we looking forward to another incredible Kill Bill or what? So well, I'm dead. <laughs> you're yeah, you're right. That, that, <laughs> that would kill the incredible, Harley, wouldn't it? Um, something. What's been the rumors of your death have been <laughs> highly oh. exaggerated. Oh, yeah, right, right. You
4: didn't hear those
6: rumors,
7: did you? I didn't hear
1: those. <laughs> no. Excellent. So there's that and then,
7: uh, and then this one. Uh, it can be just as free... As you want it to be. And the thing is, it doesn't take any room to do it. You don't have to be on a football field. You can be in your living room. There's plenty of room to get all the moves, all the feeling. How it liberates your shoulders and your hips, for that matter.
1: Especially once you get that pesky drop-down ironing board uh, out of the closet. And I wonder if he just had... Did he just have like a sort of like a flute player that just followed him around everywhere he went after 1978? It seems like it. Every time he would up, I'll have a Big Mac with fries, and then there was like a.
3: It was a thimble 70s flute. Thank you. Uh, hello. I'd like a uh, I'd like a Wham
1: burger, and um, could I get a Wham pie with that? That'd be great.
6: Excellent. Thank you. All right.
1: Wait. How about this? How about um. Uh, Well, I'm here to pick up my uh, martinizing. That was a uh, double-breasted linen, kind of a tweed uh, pattern, carotting. Great, thanks. Comedy!
3: Uh, Tim Riley, what headlines are we tracking on this Tuesday morning? Well, it looks like that the banks are going to pay back $68 billion that they borrowed. So, that $68 billion out of zillions, well, they're going to pay it back. Some of it, anyway, they have permission. Then we're going to hear from that uh, young fellow who was struck by lightning, who's becoming a media celebrity.
1: Does he stutter uncontrollably now, or perhaps drool a lot? No, he laughs. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Does he laugh at nothing in particular, and at times at the, the you know, the, 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 the sort of sound inappropriate? Well, we have a limited soundbite on that. All right.
3: And Madonna can adopt that little girl from Malawi after
1: all. Thank God Almighty. All is right with the world. National nightmare is over. Don Taylor from Cinematical here. Hello, how are you?
0: I'm I'm excellent. All
1: yeah. right, so uh, we're going to do this in a couple parts uh, okay. because one, because I, of the of the things you're going to be talking about. Uh, one I've seen and you haven't. The other I haven't seen and I know very little about. Uh, we'll start with that one. Uh, Clint Eastwood's Gran Torino comes out today, which my wife saw and quite liked, but I actually didn't see it, and I've heard sort of mixed. I've heard mixed reviews of it.
0: Well, um, I saw one of. If- when it actually came out theatrically, and I have to admit that I erased a lot of it from my mind because I, I didn't really care for it that much. I'm as sacrilegious as it is to say I'm not a big fan of Clint Eastwood as a director. I just I know I know. There, All right, then it's 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 a personal thing. I think he tends a little bit towards the maudlin, a little towards the obvious. It you know, but um, basically it's it can be summed up pretty well. It's like Dirty Harry gets old and yells at kids to get off his lawn.
1: But now, people say that, but is it a thing? Does he actually use the phrase, get off my lawn? Oh, yes, he does. See, but that's pretty great because... I, that's one of those get things. Get off of my lawn. That's one of those phrases that gets out there in the culture, and then somebody has to officially take ownership of it and like stake it as their own in a film or in they're, a, you know, they're something. They're
0: actually using it in the commercials for the DVD because awesome. uh, they they that's that's now the selling point on this movie. Dirty Harry tells kids to get off of his lawn, and um, it's you know it. He's an old guy. There's uh, delivers his own brand he, of rough justice. Yeah, he's you know he hates those ethnic types. He lives in a neighborhood full of them ethnic types. Was he a
1: villain? Is he a good guy?
0: He turns out to be a good guy. He's a grumpy old man who 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 relearns how to love.
1: I see. Does he understand that we're all brothers under the skin?
0: Yes. All right. Yes. Excellent.
1: Uh, speaking of, of, is he villain or is he good guy? So I know you are not. You haven't seen the Shield. You haven't watched the Shield
0: yet. I have watched the first three seasons of the Shield. And oh, then I I kind of got. I got. I didn't watch it when it was on. Right. And then I started watching it through DVDs, and I got distracted by other shiny things at some point, and I'm. I'm about to like start catching back up. I I need I think I'm about actually halfway through season 4.
1: I got to say you see so season 4 is Glenn Close. Yeah. Yeah, Monica Rawlings. Uh I'm telling you you are getting right you're getting right into it now because season 5 is by the estimation of almost everyone the best the best of all the Shield seasons and it never really becomes a bad show in fact it gets better and better and better up to season 5 where it really peaks. Season 6 is good. Season seven, which comes out today on DVD, starts real slowly. I'm not going to lie about that. Like the first five or six episodes of the final season are kind of pointless. You almost don't even need to watch them. I mean, you should, but they're just there to fill space. Once they get into the back half of season seven, once they get into the final five or six episodes of the series, it just, it, man, it moves and it just goes to such strange unexpectedly dark places and and I won't give anything away uh because I really I really honestly don't want to ruin it because it's it's not like it's some big huge twist ending where like Larry where, you know Larry Hagman you know ends up being the guy who shot everybody it's it's not that it's just that it's it's just that you have from moment to moment you have no idea how it's going to unfold and it's all very believable and very logical but boy and it just I will say this The Shield starts in one place in season one and it ends somewhere very differently in season seven. And literally the final episode of season seven, the final season, seven years later, pays off something they set up in the first episode of the series. Uh, It's that long of a story arc and um and Chiklis just I mean he just nails it so it's I have the guy's weird, awesome
0: this weird disconnect though that goes on because you know how uh when you see an actor play a role and they're so powerful and and you identify them with that part and right. then you see them in something else and they're like still always going to be that guy yeah. Are you talking about I'm, the commish no well yeah a little bit but but no the shield wiped the commish well out of my mind but um no the the actor who played Lem yeah, I'm a huge fan of Saving Grace on TNT. Saving Grace is just an excellent show and and he is her partner and lover on uh, the sh- on uh, Saving Grace. But the thing is, he looks kind of puffy and kind of tired and he always looks a little watery in the eyes and I there's this part of me that always thinks, well, you know, he went through a lot when he was on the shield and right. then I have to remember well, he didn't actually go through That's that. That's just stuff. a he television was an actor. series, Don. He's, he wasn't ac- But I always think he's like
1: go he, nurse Betty on me.
0: I you're not like, crazy, Don. I always think he's Lem, and like now this is his new job.
1: You sure, you're sure to tell him that if you ever meet him. So hey, Lem. See, and,
2: you know this is the kind of stuff you should be talking to your shrink about.
1: Seriously, I have a I have a trouble drawing distinction between fantasy and reality. <laughs> And then demand that he put a sandbox in the office uh, so you can sit in it while you talk to him. So you... Okay, so the shrink. Huh. Uh, so what... Uh, if I can ask this. Sure. Well,
0: of course I can. You my can always decline an edit. open book. Wait, What's so that? you were... Did they put you in a crazy house uh, for some eating thing no, 10 I years checked, ago? No, I checked myself into a crazy house for some eating Eating too thing. much or eating too little? Um, I was eating too much. Uh, essentially, after I was in there for a while, I was in a program that was specifically for women with eating disorders. And uh, my therapist eventually told me that... Um, I was a bulimic, except the problem is that I don't have a particularly effective gag reflex. <laughs> so all I would do, I, so like, I tried to make myself throw up. You were a bulimic
1: up. inside.
0: I was. I tried to make myself throw up, but I just gave myself a, a sore throat. So the thing is, I just ended up like, I'd so I'd have the binging.
1: And then you just feel sick.
0: And then I'd just, just feel no sick purging. and get fat.
1: So is this like when somebody's, well, I'm a woman trapped in a man's body. You were like a bulimic trapped in the body of someone who couldn't throw up. That's right. Awesome. Exactly. Uh, so you were in the hospital for two months and then, um, and so now you're, and then you're going to, when is your shrink appointment?
0: Uh, two o'clock this afternoon. Really? Yeah. Oh.
1: Excellent. All right. So um, and this is a
0: brand new one. Like this is a brand new person? one. After spending like a couple of hours yesterday going through this whole process of trying to find somebody through my provider and everybody that my provider had listed is like at OHSU and And specializes in sleep disorders or something.
1: And then it's also, how do you feel about November 12th of 2010? Will that work for you sometime between noon and nine? Great.
0: And then I'm just doing these random internet searches and looking people up and I'm finding all of these people who have like these weird gimmicky things like I you know, I specialize in mind collage trademark. I'm like, what the heck is that? Yeah, that's, uh, I don't if I wanted a gimmick, I'd become like a Scientologist stay far or something.
1: Away from that no, that's see, and the shrink that I had, the best shrink I ever had in my life was right here in Portland. Uh who was hot and kind of looked like uh, Diane uh, Keaton, uh, but with much larger bosoms. And so I was a big fan of hers in like in every way. I took some time off and then I went back to start seeing her again, and she had quit regular shrinking to start some sort of like and it was called like it was called like uh, it was called like copilotomy or something. You know, but it was like some stupid like yeah. marriage thing that with like a little trademark next to it. Mm. Um, I'm not currently seeing a shrink. Uh, my, my shrink basically cut me off. He told me I was wasting my time and money. <laughs> I was sitting there one day and he goes, well, Richard, I think you're just wasting your time and mine. <laughs> so, you know, Is goodbye. that because
0: you were better or because you just weren't I doing the work. I, 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 I don't Just I beyond don't know. help,
1: I think. I, don't, I, just, I can't be <laughs> fixed. Um,
2: and then I broke up with my shrink.
1: But see, but that's a lie.
0: That's a lie. That's well, such a lie when you say that. I
2: didn't break up with her so much as I just never went back
0: but you, that, that is a way of breaking up as we all know it's true it was a it's passive just, aggressive way yeah but,
1: okay but see you but see you're almost a case study though sarah in what not to look for in a shrink because your shrink in my assessment <laughs> no. is crazy
2: yeah i, I mean
1: like full-on crazy
2: yes yeah, stay away from any shrink that uh tells you a bunch of personal anecdotes including but not limited to um perhaps something having to do with the molestation of a family member
1: wow i didn't know that really
2: she told me a lot of stuff. So,
1: Sarah, what would you like to talk about? And by you, I mean me. Seriously? And my uncle.
2: When she's when she said I I was floored. I thought that I was
1: Wait, your shrink told you about uh, some sort of inappropriate touching of a family member? Yes,
3: was she lying on her for, couch? Like for Norris, I'm just sitting there
2: and she's like knitting and she's like, oh, blah blah blah, because uh, you know she knows I work in radio, You're right? And she's like, well, I know this person who works in radio and I don't speak to them anymore because of this whole situation okay. that happened.
1: Is this the shrink that you, when you tried to quit going, she like badgered you into coming back for another uh, for another session and then wanted to show you the Kindle she just bought?
0: Yes, she oh, showed, me, she showed th- me the Kindle. Front, also, so right know. there, she's knitting. I, I'm sorry. Seriously, you it's like on,
1: she's doing a Sudoku puzzle. I'm
0: paying you knit on your own damn
1: time. <laughs> I'm with you on that. No, that's a that's a really good point, actually. Yeah. You know, it's like when you that thing where you cancel with less than 24 hours notice, they bill you anyway. And I always wanted to demand my shrink because sometimes you just have to cancel. But what what did
3: you feel about if she said, "I'm knitting these mittens for you"? I
1: think I creeped out. <laughs> Seriously, they've got your hair woven into them too. I take it out of your brush when you're not looking. Uh, but you know, if you cancel without 24 hours' notice, they you know they bill you. And I always wanted to tell my shrink, like, look, your ass needs to sit in the chair and think about me for 50 <laughs> minutes, five zero. You will sit in the chair and you will think about me during that hour. If I'm still paying for it, you bastard. No,
0: it's right. Drop Seriously. pictures.
1: Seriously. So yeah, so if the shrink does anything while you're talking? No. Uh, if the shrink's, uh, you know, it, trying to convince you to come back after you try to break it off, no. And if the shrink is showing you new gadgets that she has purchased, With I mean, she, she might as well just set up an Amazon wish list and send it to you. I mean, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> Not only
2: her
0: Kindle, but she'll show me her new iPhone, too. Uh,
1: that's great. That's-
0: I, I had a boss like that. The, my, my actual, my last bout of crazy, when I actually went on Lexapro because I was suffering from anxiety, and I had this horrible job and this horrible, horrible boss, and we were all, like, grossly underpaid, and she came in one day and told us all about how she was raising our copay on our insurance because she couldn't afford it, and then comes in like later that day and starts telling us about the fabulous Mexican vacation she's taking her daughter on and how she's buying her an iPod for her birthday. And we're all sitting here going, well, screw you.
1: My my, my final final thought here. So um, uh, I was actually going to have you sort of uh, address a list of movies uh, about uh, crazy (laughs) folk, but we'll probably put a, a pin in that here because I'm so unbelievably behind. But So your uh, shrink appointment is today. Yes. And then is this the first of an ongoing series, or is this like a consult? This is
0: the consult to find out if, you know. He may tell you you're just beyond help at this point. Well, I don't think that'll be the case at all. Yeah, I I fully expect it because it'll be all about me saying, you're going, I hate myself and my life and I keep crying and I'm worthless. And I know I'm not really worthless, but I think I am. And, And you know, that guy in his
1: head is just thinking like (laughs) he's just seeing the new swimming pool being put in his backyard at that moment with like gold tile on the bottom. Um, So uh, next week we'll talk about movies for uh, for crazy uh, folk. Not that you're crazy yet.
0: No, I'm... No, I'm no, you're no. kind of crazy. No, I'm, yeah, I'm, little, I, crazy. I'm kind of
1: crazy. Uh, you can uh, read Dawn Taylor at Cinematical. You can actually find links to uh, her uh, Cinematical writings uh, also at cinemasideshow.com. And uh, you can buy her wonderful confections and uh, chocolate creations uh, at Politary Chocolates. There's a link to that at Emerson.com as well. And I will end on this note. Hey, did Dawn just say she has no gag reflex? Bada bing. End. the Rick Emerson Show, Tim Riley is next. And more out of context David Carradine quotes Plus Dax Holt from TMZ. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101, KUFO. Here's Black Sabbath, the Rick Emerson Show. I'm Rick, Cesar Chavez Boulevard, Emerson. Call 503 228 4101. Some guys want a pizza, some guys want to be kicked in the face.
5: This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101, KUFO.
1: And just FYI, I, I don't really care what they name after anybody. He, I would just like it not to be a street that is now used for navigational purposes like more than other streets, because then it just screws everything up.
2: Like how they want to rename thirty nine.
1: Well, that's the thing about 39th. It's not like I'm trying to—it's not like Caesar Chavez deserves some insignificant street. That's not really what I'm saying. The point is just that 39th is used as—I mean, that's used as a big— uh, uh, what do you got? like a landmark or whatever. Not a landmark, but what? A, like a navigational point, because it's a main street. So it seems like they ought to pick something that, that we all don't depend on, uh, like in southeast Portland, to figure out where we are. And by all of us, I mean Me? Me. Me. So, you know, but rename whatever you want, I guess. Uh, I am also for the renaming of 23rd after Richard Dixon. I think that's a fantastic idea. I will sign that petition today. In fact, I'm, I, how many signatures it take? 2,500? 2, 2,500. That's not a lot. We no. could probably do that. Mm-hmm. But just for the Futurama reference alone, I would do that. Awesome. Uh, at the news desk, ladies and gentlemen, your personal savior, Tim Riley.
5: In the News with Tim Riley. Hello
3: again. It's 751. It's going to be partly sunny today. Highs in the 70s. Detectives think Karina Roberts may have been in contact with numerous pregnant women in the Portland metro area. So creepy. Either online or in person. She's charged with one count of murder in the death of Heather Snively, who was found dead in a crawl space in Roberts' Beaverton home. After answering a Craigslist ad... The Washington County Sheriff's Office is asking anyone who may have been in contact with this woman to please give them a call. She was taking a break from
1: seeking out uh, Boba Fett. Mm -hmm. No, Boba Fett, I'm sorry, I went the wrong way. Han Solo, Boba Fett. Nah, I mangled that. Mangled the whole reference and the insult of the woman all at once. Oh, boy. Blah, 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 blah,
3: because she's huge. Okay, time to change the mood and smile a while. We're going to talk to Austin Melton. He's the 14-year-old boy, struck by lightning. He's making the talk show around. You've probably seen him on the television all these daytime shows. And he has a new name and a new nickname he likes the best. It's called Sparky. There he is.
2: I remember someone said, uh, that's scary. And I was like, not really. What's the worst that's going to happen? I'm going to get struck by lightning. My friends, they both said the same thing. They said that they saw it hit me somewhere in this area. And then they saw me just hit the ground. And they saw my, like, feet shaking. I heard that some people were calling me Miracle Boy,
1: but I kind of like Sparky. Wait a minute, what is up with like his three different voices that he has yeah. here?
3: The, for each, I believe those are three different appearances. Yeah, but I mean not really he's only stoned
2: in the first one,
3: and not—we're yeah. not saying he is stoned. That, no, no, he's just a youngster. He's only fourteen. He wouldn't be doing. such do Of course something. not. No, no, no.
1: Young people never experiment with chemicals. No. Um, so the, but the first cut—it sounds like he's talking through the top of his mouth, and though he has a lot of glottal fry going on. Uh, and then the third one sounds the most normal. Have we seen a picture of him since he was hit by lightning? Does he still look yes. like a pretty girl? He does. All right, which well, that, I'm not well, saying a... to be creepy, by the way. No. I'm just saying he has rather delicate features, which everyone, and I'm so glad you made that observation, too, because everybody noticed that. Uh-huh. But it was the sort of thing I kept hearing people say, like, sort of in hush, like, he looks
3: like a girl. and but No, no one looks like a girl. <laughs> you really... But maybe uh, Glenda or Glenda. Doesn't. Maybe
1: he looks like a different kind of girl now that he's had like 500 gigawatts of electricity go through his
3: skull. Well, it takes all kinds. There's a pastor out there named Wiley Drake. Oh, God. Is this the uh, is, is this a religious nutcase watch? I guess this would be, Is yes. this the thing I'm thinking
1: of? All right. Yes, Here's it is. Here's your ad hoc religious nutcase watch. Uh, that is for Tuesday on the Rick Emerson Radio program.
3: Religious nutcase watch for Tuesday. And what did you know, he also has a southern accent, like they all do, most Uh, of them. Can't believe what I'm hearing. Mm -hmm. Always very, very white and always very, very southern. A pastor named Wiley Drake, who was Alan Key's running mate in the last presidential election, if you can remember back then. I remember this guy the first time around. Anyway, so he goes on an Alan Combs talk show, whoever that is, and says he is, quote, praying for President Obama's
7: death president obama are you praying for his death yes so you're praying for the death of the president of the united
4: states yes
7: do you uh, are you concerned that by saying that you might find yourself on some kind of a secret service call or fbi wanted list or uh do you think it's appropriate to to say something like that or even uh pray for something like
0: that
4: i think it's appropriate to pray the word of God. I'm not saying anything. What I'm doing wow. is repeating what God is saying. And if that puts me on somebody's list, then uh, I'll just have to be on their list.
1: All right, just right, let's stop here. A couple of things. One, was that you making that noise? That was not what me. Was you heard me laughing at a certain point because there's some... Does somebody's it's lung have a slow leak? There's, I think that was Alan Combs, who is the guy who I guess is doing a radio show. Wasn't he the guy that was on Hannity and Combs? Wasn't he, yes. He's a... And at some point he had some he had some radio show like way back when like in the nineties. Um, also homes without Hannity. But he's got that and he's got that weird Tom York from Radiohead thing, except without the the rock star part that distract you from it, where his eyes are all wonky. Like he's got one eye that's all huge and one eye that's all tiny, and like one's like one's like six inches above the other. And Maybe he's hi, like, hi, I'm Alan Combs. You know, and you're kind of going hi. Uh, wow, well, don't look at me, man. Like Shannon Doherty eyes. Seriously, like he's got like he's got one that's permanently behind a magnifying glass, and he's looking for clues <laughs> in your face. Um, but he's speaking, and it sounds like he's. Uh, there's this sound happening in the background, and it's right while he's speaking. And it must be pretty distracting to, to get me off the fact that this other guy, this nutcase, is praying for the, and this is not a thing, uh, we're simply playing this soundbite, by yeah. the way, of this uh, preacher who is praying for the death of Barack Obama.
3: I have a second one here. He says, uh, Wiley Drake, the pastor, says Obama must change his ways.
7: You would like the President of the United States to die.
4: He does not turn to God and does not turn his life around, I am asking God to enforce imprecatory prayers that are throughout the scripture uh, that would cause him uh, death. That's correct.
3: Mm, domestic terrorism.
1: Wow, there you go. There's your religious nutcase watch for Tuesday. All right, Tim Riley. When we uh, return, what further stories will we discuss?
3: Well, a new survey shows Vancouver is the world's easiest city to live in, Fantastic. It's followed by Vienna, Melbourne, Toronto, Helsinki, and wow, that's. And I also hear I'm gonna that head
1: there after the show.
3: A whale is born at the Vancouver Aquarium. So, two great stories about our uh, neighbors across the river.
5: Awesome.
1: Uh, and uh, straight ahead, we will have another installment of Out of Context Theater. So Nibbler, I think, is he's like way out front uh, with this David Carradine uh, soundbite contest because he's got two different soundbites that sound incredibly awkward now, what with the death and the hanging and all. So I got my submission when we come back. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101, KUFO, live from Portland, Oregon.
5: KUFO Portland.
1: Indeed. It is the Rick Emerson Show, live from beautiful Portland, Oregon, uh, here on Rock 101 KUFO. Heard globally. Made locally. Um, oh, you know what i got to bring back? I think we're going to do this sometime in the next mm-hmm. week or two. got to bring back that Entertainer of the Year thing.
2: Well, you are start, the Entertainer of the Year. Well, of
1: course. Four years running. Four so, years running. No. I think
3: people take it for granted now.
1: I think so, too. I think it's just, uh, you know, because I win it in a walk every year. I mean, I know other people uh, compete for that title, but really, it's—I uh, <laughs> don't even know why they show up, frankly— so uh, we have to start reminding people of that fact once again, that I am uh, Entertainer of the Year in Oregon, four years in a row.
2: That's true. You don't have to compete with Danny Gans anymore. Oh, well,
1: no. God took care of that for me. Oh, speaking of You're uh, like the
3: slumdog millionaire of radio entertainment, they just yes. automatically hand you the award. Yes.
1: Yes. It's uh, I really can just stay home now and they can just mail the trophy to my house. So speaking of God taking care of things, so we had this uh, contest among the four of us, and it really just ended up being among the two of us. I'm sorry. Because Greg and I were the only ones who actually did it. Did you, uh, Tim, did you forget altogether to bring (laughs) in a David Carradine audio cut?
3: I forget everything after a certain time period during the day. Is this like when you close? I kind of like shut down. I'm still operating, Mm -hmm. but I'm shut down to all thoughts until... You know, someone jiggles me back to life again. And, You're on, and like, says, reserve power? Yes.
1: You're, like, in sleep mode? Yeah. Yes, I yeah. am. Is this like when you Especially close?
3: Dur- uh, no like, reflection on Chris Paddock, mind you.
1: No, but, I mean, you get it. But, you know, you, but here's the thing. You're here before anybody else. When you get here, is there anybody else in the building? No. Because, you know, we share. We're down the hall from our friend's couple. Uh, our sister station,
3: KUPL, and then... And, and it's scary. You never never knew who's going to jump out of nowhere. That's always have my keys in my head to poke somebody's well, eye out. the parking
2: lot back there is creepy. Oh, yeah. no, it's always oh, full of homeless, homeless guys
3: area. humping it out against the dumpster
1: mm-hmm. um, and cooking on a hibachi. So, you get here way earlier than anybody else. So, as a result, you're sort of ready to go home and get your nap on, like right. before everybody else. I mean, I actually do work. I do write things. Oh, no, no, no. No one's disputing that. I'm just saying you can be forgiven for... Uh, like, when you leave here, it's like closing a browser window and all your information just deletes from the cache. uh uh-huh. Um, Sarah, I think uh, <laughs> forgot until this morning, but you pretended not to have forgotten this morning. I when pretended not to have forgotten. You came yes. in, like, "How are you?" And I am like, "I've got a great David Carradine soundbite." And you are well,
2: like, then "I knew oh, that Nibbler had it taken too. care of." So because he, he said he had six of them, and I didn't want to overwhelm you with too many David Carradine. Soundbite. So the contest was. Oh,
1: you did us a favor. Yes, it was to come up with a, with a David Carradine uh, Carradine soundbite that out now that he is dead sounds especially creepy out of context. So, th- but this I was, did
2: come up with the idea.
1: Yeah, you did. That's a good, that's a good point. Okay,
2: that was my contribution.
1: So here's Nibbler's contribution.
6: Good evening, Mr. Carradine. Good evening. Good evening. Are we looking forward to another incredible kill bill or what? Well, I'm dead.
1: <laughs> oh, awesome. Oh, wow. Uh, we got a text message. Why do you always feel the need to make fun whenever someone dies? I think it's in poor taste. All right. Well, sorry to disappoint, but that's gonna that's gonna continue. There there'll be no change on that front, sir. I'll really?
3: never listen again until tomorrow. Yeah.
1: Oh, they're. it's not even that. They're listening now. Uh, uh, well, there's no name, of course, but uh, hello, uh, you. People are brave when they can be anonymous. So the it, here's my contribution to this, and I've edited this down substantially. It was originally like nine minutes long. I do believe this is a David Carradine workout videotape. This is the audio from some sort of Tai Chi workout, that, like it was from the 80s when everybody had their own workout tape, including, by the way, uh, Estelle Getty and Angela Lansbury, who just spends a lot of time rubbing sensual oils on herself. Ugh. Uh, so we have now, Dave, by the way, I would still, though, have relations with, uh, with Angela Lensbury, just like FYI, in case you're wondering. Hmm. So this is David Carradine doing a little workout. And it's it, this is good for the same reason Nibbler's second soundbite is good, because it sounds as though he's discussing uh, perhaps getting in position for something else.
7: Grab the ankle and pull the heel up to the center of the body. In fact, before we plunge on,
1: let me really? just uh, let me say that I have not—I really? have not altered these at all. I did some editing, but that was only for length. In other words, it was just—it was so, it was too long. It was like seven minutes long, and I wanted to cut it down a bit. So, uh, otherwise, I have not altered this in any way.
7: Grab the ankle and pull the heel up to the center of the body. give me that look. Feel the stretch in the hip. Lift the knee and then kick out with the bottom of the foot. Not fully extend the leg at the end of the kick. Tap twice for help. It puts too much stress on your ligaments. When the leg comes back, keep the knee high. Remember the safe word. This gives you better stability and control. Papaya. Grab the ankle and pull the knee to the side and back. Priming the ankle is the important part. Feel the stretch in the side and thigh. Try to keep the torso straight. Rotate the hip in and over and kick with the top of the foot. Do not lock the knee when you extend. Do not let the maid leave the
1: room while this is happening.
7: Pull the heel toward the buttocks when you pull back.
1: Put on a pretty, pretty wig. Call yourself
7: Alice. Grab the ankle and pull the foot behind you. Feel the stretch in the thigh and lower back. Again with the ankle grabbing. Lift the right knee and kick with the heel. Look behind so that you can see where you're kicking.
1: (laughs) Try not to make any mistakes at this point, as it could end poorly.
7: Keep the knee up when the foot recoils. Hold the knee and feel the stretch.
1: There we go. So uh that's about ninety seconds of David Carradine. Outstanding video.
3: Those are good tips.
1: Well, you know, uh David Carradine was uh he was a man of many talents and interests, uh Tim. Lots of areas to explore. All right. Uh well what should we uh, how should we handle this, Sarah? Do we have a uh, Dax Hole coming up here in a second?
2: Uh, yeah, we have them at 20, so... All right.
1: So I'll tell you, what, when we return, Daxel from TMZ will give us the latest on David Carradine and, you know, whatever other news might be out there somewhere. Uh, then we will uh, plunge on into the news desk with uh, Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen, who will edify you in myriad ways. This is The Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101, KUFO. Here's the White Stripes. <sighs> Extend the angle.
2: You're so messed up.
1: <laughs> Tie a double Windsor.
2: I was hoping there wasn't anything that was going to say like tying or something that you found. <laughs> you are an evil Did evil I already person. make the
1: Taiwan on joke? Probably. That's a double pun because you could also go the Taiwan route. Never mind i'm sorry go ahead
2: well speaking of exercise uh-huh. hey if you want to take better care of yourself why not start with a program at MaxMuscle.com? i actually just started mine this morning uh, max muscle isn't for some like freakishly bodybuilder you know type of people it can be if you are that i'm not gonna you know I neglect you this is for the
1: de-squishifying
2: this is for the de-squishifying so uh, max com can help the average person to lose weight or just get into better shape so whether or not you want to lose a set amount of weight or just become stronger at the weight that you're at They can help you out with that um, I just started a program where I'm trying to eat better So I uh, started this morning Where I have like this I don't even know what it is But all I know is that, um, that I'm not having to drink as much coffee Because it's supposed to be uh, Like it's healthier food for you
1: Let's back up for a moment Did you take your before picture yesterday? That's really what people want to know No Wait, are you going to take a before I picture?
2: You know we can take it at the break.
1: You can't wait until you're in shape <laughs> to take your before picture. That's cheating. That doesn't count.
2: I don't want to. I don't want a picture of me all squishy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you could
1: use a right. body
2: double. So. Uh, That's what
1: you should do. Yeah. All right. Now well, all, now my face is all red. Well, I'm just saying we should take your before picture so that people can get an accurate sense. Okay, not that's that true. I mean, not that you like it. Got to lose a lot of weight or whatever, but you want to be uh, no, no, well, more I mean, toned.
2: Exactly. Well, I went to the pool yesterday. I I didn't feel, uh, you know. My hottest, and that's what I want to kind of do. Well, and plus,
1: also, you're getting up at like four in the morning, and so you want more energy.
2: Absolutely. And so, like, this is what a lot of it is because I rely a lot on caffeine. Um, but I was finding that I'm really lethargic because I mostly just eat like carbohydrates. So, anyways, you can talk to the people, they can uh, help you figure out a plan that works for you to help you get more natural energy. Also, if you want to lose weight or just become stronger at the weight that you're at, go to maxmuscle.com. Also, entertain yourself for hours by looking at before and after pictures because mine will
0: be up there
5: at some
2: point.
0: Maxmuscle.com.
5: Putting the cult in pop culture.
0: The Jesus is about two inches tall.
5: This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It is the
1: Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO live from beautiful Portland, Oregon. Ladies and gentlemen, it's 503-228-4101. You can also email at uh, rick at rickemerson.com or you can text 52051. In mere moments, Tim Riley, what stories will we be
3: following? Uh Uh-oh. There's going to be a big fight over this lens baseball park. Wait till I tell you what they're planning on doing. And our neighbors to the north across the river, they're named the easiest city in the world to live in. We'll find out more. Oh, and a baby whale is born in their aquarium. Excellent. I can't wait to hear more about uh,
1: Vancouver, Tim, and how it's become a city on the move, whose spark I will embrace wholeheartedly. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show... From TMZ.com, our good friend, uh, Dax Holt. Hello, sir. How are you on this fine Tuesday? Good. How about yourself? I am uh, am rolling, brother. What's uh, up in the world of uh, celebrities and scandals and uh, bad things happening to people who aren't us?
4: (laughs) Well, that's one way to put it. I like it. Um, (laughs) There's been a lot of stuff going on. I I don't know if you've been covering any of the Heidi and Spencer just... Really, I'm going to be... Spew out no, of their I want, mouth. no, I want to hear
2: about it. What's going on? I,
1: I'm just going to be honest here. If it doesn't involve somebody dangling in a closet, we haven't really been talking about it a whole lot. So I'm going to embrace that. But but so but because of that, I uh, welcome whatever information you have for us.
4: No, I mean, these two are probably the smartest people on the planet. And they get more publicity than anyone else because they, they just... Do anything to get publicity. You've got to realize that. Hold on, Sarah. Everything who are is calculated. Who are Heidi and, Heidi Spencer, and Spencer, Sarah? Heidi and Spencer
2: are this horrible couple from The Hills, ah, okay. which is an amazingly ridiculous show.
4: Okay. <laughs> and now they're on this new show called I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, and it's just been filled with drama with them quitting the show, them coming back. I mean, everything's been bringing the show massive ratings because of them.
2: Now, aren't, and, aren't, they, aren't they suing the show now, too, or something? Yeah.
4: Here's the thing. They, they were kind of put in this isolation chamber as – uh, like a punishment for leaving the show the first time. And then they said, well, Heidi got really sick in there. She had to go to the hospital. And now they want to sue NBC for torturing them. Really?
1: Is this? A, <laughs> wait a minute. Is this the That's story amazing. where they put her in a room and they said... They put her in a room with, like, food and water and said, you got to stay in here for a day? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's uh, – there's some guys, uh, you know, who had, like, electrodes put on their junk at Guantanamo who would like to talk to her about the definition of torture.
4: Yeah, and the best part is we got a picture of inside of this so-called torture room, and it's like a house. It's got, like, <laughs> cots. It's got lamps on the wall. Like, give me a break. Excellent. Fantastic.
1: <laughs> what else is uh, going on, sir? Uh, did you guys hear about Barry
4: Bonds getting a divorce?
1: Uh, no. Uh, wait, wait, no, wait. Did I? I don't think so. I think I'm thinking of somebody else. I'm thinking I'm conflating him in my head with a different divorce. I think I'm still back on the Mel Gibson thing. No, what is, uh, what is up with that?
4: Yeah, uh, his wife filed for separation. They, they got married back in 1998, and they have got one daughter together, and it looks like uh, she's over it. Is this going to be a messy divorce? You know, he's, got, he's worth a lot of money, so it could possibly be, but she's asking for joint custody. So that kind of is a sign that it seems like it may go a little better than some. All right, because I was just – anytime that you – I think there's some sort of a –
1: you know, it's like when you get into a different tax bracket, they'll say, well, look, you're making X amount of dollars, and now you are in the 25% bracket. I think that it's that way with divorce, too, where it's like as your worth goes up – the messiness factor involved in any divorce, you get into a different sort of ugliness bracket with any
4: sort of bust-up that you got going. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine having to go through the Mel Gibson divorce. Oh,
1: dude. That's going to be, I mean, you just get me, between that and that a confirmation hearing that's going to happen with that Sotomayor woman, you get me some popcorn. I'm just going to sit in front of the television <laughs> all summer long. I, it's really, I'm going to finish the show, and I'm going
4: to go home and just get a feeding tube, put I mean, not even get off the sofa. And the interesting thing about the Mel divorce is all the homes that they own, they own so much, so much property that it's not like, oh, here, you take half our bank account, and you take the other half. They got to start separating houses, selling them. It's going to be a, just a disaster. They should, uh, you know, they should start to
1: create some sort of like a, an alternate payment method, or an alternate, uh, uh, you know, sort of divvying up method. For example, you say to Mel Gibson, "Look, um, I'll let you keep a house, uh, you, any house of your choice. You pick one of the houses. You can have it, uh, but I get to shave your head on Sunset Boulevard." <laughs> And just see if you take it. Or, like, or you know, you tell Mel Gibson, look, uh, okay, I'll tell you what, um, uh, you know, you don't want, you know, you want you want to keep, like, uh, our yacht. You can keep the yacht, uh, but you have to stand nude in front of a plate gra- glass window inside a Walgreens uh, somewhere <laughs> for, like, 30 minutes tomorrow afternoon, you know? God, divorces would be so much more interesting that way. Do you put me in charge of the country? Everything is going to be a lot more entertaining, and we're going to get rid of this uh, national deficit, too, because I'll be charging uh, to watch all of that on pay-per-view. <laughs> I love Excellent. it. All right. Dax all from TMZ. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, man. All right. We'll speak to you next Tuesday. You can see him on TMZ TV tonight, 1130 on Fox 12. Wonderful. Excellent. All right. Uh, well, let's uh, do this. Let's uh, wait. Hold on. When I say this, what am I doing, Sarah? All right. So, uh, Tim Riley, we'll come back. We'll talk about Vancouver, which is apparently the greatest city on Earth. It is. I mean, it's the best place to live. Vancouver,
2: Washington, you say? I
1: mean,
3: of, Yeah. Of all cities on the planet, uh, I guess that is now number one. Uh, Vienna is in second place, followed by Melbourne, Toronto, Perth, Calgary, Helsinki, and Geneva. But number one? Vancouver. Vancouver.
1: All right. That's straight ahead. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Straight a godless Canadian. Um, Why, Hello. Uh, The Rick Everson Show would like to take this moment to talk about one of our proud partners, secret
3: Artvark habanero hot sauce. Tim, you had one on a, was it a black bean burrito? Yes, and I I had some on uh, those instant mashed potatoes. Like the uh, well, just the, like the kind of you like add milk or well, not yes. milk, I guess, but whatever. You add any
1: yes. milk So uh now did you find if I can just ask you this, now did you find that it because you you lived in uh, in California for a while, so you got like a taste for uh, for That's spicy right. food.
3: That's why I like hot food. And see,
1: here's the great thing about Secret Artvark is that you can take it with you. And, in fact, when Sarah and I went out to lunch with, uh, you know, all the folks who were on our Pajama bowl, uh, team, our Sleep Country Pajama team, uh, there's this guy, John, who had actually brought the secret Artivark with him. And this it may be uh, taking a little far, but, you know, I know people who will actually take that wherever they go. If they go out to dinner somewhere, they go out to lunch, because, you know, there's no guarantee uh, that the food you're going to get, even if it claims to be spicy or it claims to have a kick to it, uh, you know, uh, that it's going to. Sometimes you order something, they say it's spicy, and you get it, and It's very bland.
3: I oh, and I tried it on corn dogs too. Really? Like that? Those, is those it, morning Star? Yes,
2: you amazing. must try them. Okay.
1: So I'll tell you what: if you go somewhere and you find that they're not serving secret aardvark, uh, you got to get some. You got to carry it with you because if you're going out to lunch, especially if you're going out to lunch by yourself, you know what? You want something that's spicy. You're not, uh, you know, confident that when they bring it to you, it's necessarily going to have the kind of kick or the spice that you want to it. You can add secret artvark and it goes with almost everything. The company and the recipe are right here from Portland, Oregon, so you can feel good about that. And you can find out more about it at secretartvark.com. That tells you where they serve it, and more importantly, tells you where you can buy it, and you can actually order it from the website as well. Secret Artvark, it is all natural. Eat is wonderful it is a combination of heat and flavor secretardvark.com is where you find out more about secretardvark habanero hot sauce one sauce to rule them all
5: now broadcasting everywhere at all times to everyone in accordance with prophecy the rick emerson show live or via podcast at kufo.com that's right it is the rick
1: emerson show it's rock 101 kufo At this juncture, ladies and gentlepersons, we will give you a chance to win The Shield Season 7 on DVD. The mind-blowing final season of The Shield, and that's not hyperbola, that really is true. Starring Emmy Award winner Michael Chiklis, loaded with exclusive new bonus features available on DVD now. If you could be Caller 10 and answer the following Shield trivia question. Caller 10 at 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. In the very first episode of The Shield, Season 1, Episode 1, with what inanimate object does Vic Mackey beat a suspected child molester? There you go. That's your uh, Shield trivia question. Be caller 10, and answer that correctly. In the very first episode of The Shield, with what inanimate object does Vic Mackey beat a suspected child molester? There you go. If you can answer that and be caller 10 uh, to do so, it's 503 228 4101. You want a copy of The Shield Season 7 on DVD. This at the news desk is your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs>
3: the news with tim riley Uh uh-oh starbucks has double charged a million customers if you want a copy at starbucks memorial day weekend you may be one of a million customers who was double charged jesus who would even notice i mean really that's the thing it it didn't show up on your atm slip this is only for people who used an atm or, or credit card but it did show up in your bank statement they called it a Settlement Processing Era. It Ah. happened at more than 7,000 stores across the country. So if you bought something at Starbucks on Memorial Day weekend, they could have overcharged you.
1: So it would have rung up correctly, but then they just took it. They double-dipped in your bank account. Right. Well, that's creepy. I wonder how often that happens Mm -hmm. with businesses, because a lot of times you don't... I I double-check. Well, I I know you do, Tim. That goes without (laughs) saying. But you're a better person than all of us, I mean, in that regard.
3: And that's when I found, I I told you, the last time I went to uh, San Francisco, I used my ATM at a Chinese restaurant... And apparently, someone who worked there used my number to dial up some pornography, <laughs> a few hundred dollars worth.
1: Oh, I just, I and I like the idea that somehow that's going to go unnoticed. Like the double charging for a latte, maybe that goes underneath the radar. But if you're calling like the, like you know, I'm going to call up the, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of a, a wacky porn line name, but whatever. That that's the sort of thing that one notices on one's bill.
3: The,
5: you know what I mean? The toolbox. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, that's just a suggestion. <laughs> that might appear on your <laughs> your your credit card bill and might arouse some suspicion. That's, a, that's, that's, that's way better than the name I was going to come up with. Here's Tim Riley. So anyway, let's see if this Lentz Park is ever built. Because people are going to be very upset when they find out exactly what some of these plans are. So they turn up the plans even though the people don't want it. This is the new AAA baseball stadium that right. we've been ordered to build. Lentz Park on, on what is now Walker Stadium. Well, here's the bad part. More than 100 trees will have to be knocked down. Well, there's only like that, a... Portland? a- more than 100 trees, you tree lovers. And there's really and not a lot of trees to half, spare. Two and a half acres of park will be turned into a parking lot. <laughs> so this is really going to happen, I'm sure, very, very soon. Well, there is a
1: shortage of trees in Oregon, Tim. I mean, uh, at this point, uh, I mean, we're really just living on borrowed time with the amount of greenery here. And what team
2: is this for? Is this for the Beavers? Or... I think this is the baseball team. Where is it gonna
1: Isn't be... it the Beavers? It's it's going to be in Lentz. Do you suppose they've told the team where it's going to be? <laughs> suppose, like, maybe they've lied. No, it's going to be in uh, much... No, it's a great locale. The West Hills, it's wonderful. Which was
2: so is, is Felony Flats. Right? Yes, it is.
3: Yes, it is. But it's I don't a think that's name for Felony they're, Flats. They're not. How
1: long until they come up with some fake fancy name for that part of town? Felony
3: Flatlanders. Felony
1: the the team. I think Felony might be your problem there. I don't think it's flats. Uh, but I mean, <laughs> like, <laughs> I, that might be. I think you've seized the on the wrong word there Make in terms felony of Felony Burger. But I, but I mean, I can just see them sort of pitching it to the team's ownership, who we probably don't, uh, you know, reside here. Where are we going to be? Uh, you're going to be in a great. Bustling part of Portland. Really? Where? Where? I, mean, it is, I I think they might conceal that until the very end. Here's Tim Riley.
3: Well, it's not every day that a fisherman's catch brings in the bomb squad. Well, that's what happened to longtime fisherman Rodney Solomon the Madeira Beach, Florida. You see, he was fishing, and he pulled in his lines. What did he find? A live air-to-air guided missile in his nets. Oops. That's my mistake. He found it. In his nets, it was kind of a fright.
6: They were like, "Wow, man!" They said, "You all took a big chance of bringing in bringing in this missile. You have it on your boat for ten days. Anytime it could explode on you." Lucky it didn't.
1: Uh, at first, <laughs> I was going to ask, "Stoned?" And then I realized there's a very pronounced is
3: that the 14-year-old boy who was struck by lightning. There's <laughs> <some>
1: an <laughs> accent there as well, but I don't believe that it's mutually exclusive. He sounds like he has a strong accent. Well, a strong a Cuban accent and then also stoned on top of it. He I'm not is. saying he is, but I'm saying it he sounded
2: is the, kind of like he was deaf.
1: The accent there's all of like he has a sort of like he has a soft like a soft edge to all of his it's, words. It's from yeah. too
3: much salt air.
1: It's, it's, that's right, Tim. Too much clean living and mm. and the exposure to uh, to the elements.
3: Well, We're done knocking our neighbors to the north. It seems, according to this poll, Vancouver is the world's easiest city to live in. Now, Vancouver ranks ahead of such places as Vienna, which is in second place, followed by Melbourne, Toronto, Perth, Calgary, Helsinki, and Geneva. What do they take into consideration here? Apparently, Vancouver has the best healthcare, stability, culture, environment, education, and infrastructure in the world. That's our neighbor to the north, Vancouver,
1: where it's now the best place, place on earth. That's the really I ever. Mean, if, you, if you haven't considered uh, living in Vancouver before, you might want to uh, you might want to do that now. You might want to uh, sort of revise any pre-existing notions or uh, ideas that you formed at an earlier point in your life because apparently that is a town that is not only uh, headed to the top
3: but is at the top in terms of quality of life. And to make it even better, let's not forget about the Vancouver aquarium where a beluga whale was born. Yes, it was born at the Vancouver Aquarium. 21-year-old Aurora gave birth Sunday to a female calf after several hours of labor as members of the public watched in delight. This is only the second whale to be born at the Vancouver Aquarium in the past year. So next time when you take your dream Vancouver vacation, why not add a trip to the Vancouver Aquarium to your list?
1: And by the way, I can't stress this strongly enough. If you're looking for something to do on these uh, long summer days, maybe your children are agitating you to get out of the house and uh, you know you want to try to find some place for family togetherness, for a whole day of fun, you should really go to the Vancouver Aquarium uh, where you can see this brand new whale that has been born in captivity. That is Vancouver. The world's easiest place to live.
3: The city of tomorrow,
1: actually. Here's Tim Riley.
3: I don't know how to follow that up. Well,
1: I can play more more awkward David Carradine cuts, but that's just going to annoy people further. Let's do it now while you uh, uh, sort through your... As a matter of fact, I have
3: something here. Stephen Colbert is in the Persian Gulf. He showed up to watch... uh, Well, he, he showed up in a business suit there, made entirely of army camouflage, and made a very special announcement. Today, I, Stephen Colbert by the power vested in me by basic cable, (laughs) officially declare we won the Iraq war. He joked with U.S. soldiers about the military use of multiple deployments. It must be
1: nice here in Iraq because I understand some of you keep coming back again and again and again. The good news is you've earned enough frequent flyer miles for a free ticket to Afghanistan. (laughs) You know, the thing about Stephen Colbert is... Uh, you know him. He and John Stewart get lumped in uh, together because they kind of follow each other, and one is a spinoff of the other. But they do very different kinds of of comedy. John Stewart does that sort of wry, kind of arched eyebrow uh, sort of thing, where he sort of. John Stewart's thing is to constantly be befuddled by the news, where he is sort of uh, he's sort of curious and angry, but sort of yeah. Sarah Mm -hmm. just did the hand gesture, floundering. Totally goes. I I, I don't know. I I don't know. I I just uh, doesn't make a lot of sense. And he's kind of doing the thing of like putting his hands up, like he's doing a miniature version of the YMCA dance. And he goes, I don't know. It just doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me. I just trying to get a handle on it. Uh, You know, that's his thing. Is he sort of flummoxed? Stephen Colbert though has got. He has just got the darkest, most razor-sharp uh, sense of comedy, and his delivery is such, and he's such a smart guy that he can get away with it, and it really works. Like, uh, that uh, that soundbite there is a, is a particularly great example. By the way, if you ever want to see, like, the geekiest thing ever, you ought to see him being quizzed about Lord of the Rings, uh, where they ask him, because apparently he can, from memory, list, like, the entire uh, lineage of, what's his name, Strider, Aragorn from uh, from Lord of the Rings. He can list his entire family history all the way back to, like, the house of, Whatever. Okay, uh, that's, for kind, like,
2: that's kind of amazing.
1: For like 15 generations, because I think by Colbert's own estimation, he has read the entire Lord of the Rings uh, trilogy, including all the appendices, uh, something like, I don't know, 25 times or whatever. So he's just a, just a colossal nerd in that regard. So he's uh,
2: That makes him just so much more attractive.
1: He's pretty much the greatest guy who's ever yes. lived. All right, let's uh, do one more, and we'll uh, wrap this up, Tim Riley.
3: All right, it looks like skin sanitizers are being recalled due to High bacteria levels? <laughs> yes, skin sanitizers and protectorants are being recalled because the public, prob- these products contain high levels of disease causing bacteria.
1: <laughs> I think somebody took the after bucket and put it in the before label.
3: Some of these brands include Skin Shield and Citrus Shell. I- Are you making these product names up? (laughs) They're made in Utah in a laboratory. Were these from, are
1: these like wacky packages or something? (laughs) That's what it says. Skin Skin shield shield sounds like a rubber. And citrus shield. Skin shield sounds like some sort of ultra thin sheath protection for him that allows you to feel every. Yeah.
3: They're causing infections contaminated products could cause, That's <laughs> requiring great. medical and surgical treatment. <laughs> what, what kind of... Uh, they're probably the things that I use every morning back here against the wall.
1: What, what kind of hand sanitizer requires surgical treatment? I don't
3: know. Apparently
1: these are full of bacteria. Is this the same thing they're putting on your foot? What is the second product? Citrus something? Uh, citrus shield.
2: We're safe. Ours are made in... uh See
3: New Jersey.
1: All right, those—that's <laughs> the, best, the, the best. home of cleanliness. The most sanitary products come from New Jersey. Seriously, all right,
3: the world's laboratory.
1: On that note, ladies and gentlemen, uh, don't forget to join us tomorrow when our guests will include Peter Carlin from the Oregonian, as well as mystery guest. And you guys feel pretty good about this one. Maybe you feel. Slightly bullish.
2: I feel I feel pretty good. There's a there's 50-50 right. chance I'm going to get the best guest ever.
1: Uh, we want to thank uh, Tony from Godsmack, who are playing Crew Fest 2, part of KUFO Summer of Rock. Find out more. Get your tickets at KUFO.com. We also want to thank uh, Dax Holt from TMZ.com and Don Taylor from Cinematic. We'll find out more about all those folks at Rick com. Rick Emerson Show, produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Dillon for Rock 101 KUFO. In the newsroom, Tim Riley on the phone to the production assistant, Greg Nibbler, at the front desk. The gatekeeper is Dave Zinn. The webmistress, Bridget from upstairs. CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan don't f With me, Reynolds, executive producer is one Christopher J. Paddock. Smells like the 90s is next with our good friend, Buzz. It is Tuesday, June 9th, 2009, and that is The Frequency. Kenneth, my name is Rick Emerson. See you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Be safe. Watch out for snakes, won't you?
6: Good evening, Mr. Carradine. Good evening. evening. Are we looking forward to another incredible kill bill or what? Well, I'm dead.
0: Attention, broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.
6: KUFO Portland.